Welcome to the Pat McAfee Show. I am AJ Hawk sitting in for Pat today. He is on his way to SmackDown. Guys, I cannot really hear the music today. Okay, a little bit early there. A little bit early, guys. I got a little delay here. I don't know if you guys can hear me or not, or you can hear the music, but I'm sitting in for Pat today. Let's let's go around to the boys. I know we can cut to the camera. Sorry for all the, the work we have to do behind the scenes, all the guys behind the glass. Mitt, I appreciate you. Z, Nick, everyone back Hell there. Yeah is doing their thing well said yeah. well said good well call. said AJ. good call aj that's right ty schmidt con con man you guys are, are in there how you guys doing tone Diggs, i see a hammer down will be on today after the show correct Diggs? Right, right after the show AJ. as soon as this one ends we're going live right away oh Diggs is looking good sweet uh hoodie sweatshirt with your cowboy how, how you doing Diggs? i talked to you earlier on facetime you're looking good man well thank you uh it's actually um I'm I'm very cold. This office is it runs cold, uh, oh, yeah. and I'm always cold. So Bruce was um, he was a good guy, and he gave me his Kadarius Tony uh, hoodie. So nice. that's Pretty who sweet. I'm rocking today. Oh, that's awesome! You know who's not cold today? Who's that? DK Metcalf, guys. DK <laughs> Metcalf, three-year, seventy-two million dollar extension with the Seattle Seahawks. Am I correct there? Yes, you are. I believe it's fifty-eight guaranteed, and like yes. thirty million year one, forty-two million next year. Pretty sweet. I know. I would. I was reading uh, when Spotrack kind of breaks these contracts mm. down. It was a big deal that he's getting thirty-one mil in year one. Isn't that a big deal? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. What most guys are getting, they're asking for twenty to twenty-five. I think yes. thirty-one. He's probably you know jumping for the stars right now. Yeah, and a lot of the deals too, as we've seen, are kind of lower in the first year, just because then you can push the salary yes. cap back. And he's banking in right away, and he's a free agent when he's twenty-seven so, again. So yeah, but it's like, is that going to be an issue for the team? Like, if they're giving him all this money up front, um, like, is there? Is there potential in two years or whatever he uh, he holds in again and, and wants another one and, and he's got all this money or or is the team is it a situation where the team's like no we just did this for you you're gonna have to play out your contract there's no more there's no more negotiating here in the before or like hold ins or whatever I mean I guess it depends doesn't it depend on his production but a lot of that depends when you're a receiver it depends on depends on the quarterback play now. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I saw Drew Locke just lighten it up. Oh, three, three in a row, takes a nice little yeah. drop, opens up his hit, hips, fires three straight strikes into the little throwing net, didn't it? Yeah, absolute BBs right into the center. Mm -hmm. I mean, but also, I mean, like you mentioned, like I, when I first saw this and saw that he was going to be a free agent at 27, I kind of just assumed like, oh, okay, well, when that comes up, like he probably won't be a Seahawk again. He'll go somewhere else. But that is largely dependent on like how good Drew Locke is. Like if they kind of – I mean, everyone kind of thinks they're going to stink this year if they come out and they're actually pretty good the next couple of years and they make the playoffs. Like that, that these could be their you know core guys moving into the future. AJ, I mean, you obviously played with Aaron, so that's that's a thing. But like, super impressive for an NFL quarterback, yeah. right? To throw it in the net <laughs> three in a row. I mean, it's better than the alternative. If he misses Jordan three in Love. a row and we put it out there, what do you people are calling for him to be cut? I'm guessing. Well, oh, Jordan, yeah. that happened with Jordan Love actually. Remember, and he yeah. was. He was kind of well. He's skipping him into the net in the dirt, but uh, yeah, people he's were saying he. <laughs> people were saying he was a bust after that one video. Yeah, so with DK, I'm sure like DK seems like he is kind of the guy there. He's the leader. They got they got rid of a lot of the old mm -hmm. the old crew that was there when they Hard. had such a run with the Legion of Boom and everything. DK, I'm sure, will have a big time like you know mentor slash leadership role but he's still super young you guys say he could be a free agent when he's 27 if yeah if he plays out the full contract i guess he may be 29 right so that's the very oldest he could be 
And if you can go and try to double dip and get another deal before you're 30 years old, like this guy is going to make a ton of money if he continues to play at a high level. Yeah, I think he's actually 27 when the full deal is up, not 29. So he's, he actually he's could. He's 28 in his last year of 28, it. 28, okay, yeah. Okay. But also, like, there's a chance they're good, right? If Drew Locke is just hitting bags in there like that easily. <laughs> is he the starter? Yeah, I assume after that video, he might be the MVP. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but they got DK. Pete name him? I think Pete might name him the starter after that video came out, didn't he? I think he did, yeah. I mean, he better. Unless he's a fool. Uh, but also, if they don't do well, like who says Jimmy G doesn't get cut and they just say, fuck it, we'll pick up Jimmy G. And then they have Lockett, Metcalf, Noah Fant, Jimmy G. Like that's kind of solid depending on how their O line is. Yeah, everyone would say their division may be a bit of a yeah. test for them. We, mm -hmm. we know that they have some stiff competition just to try to get out of their own division, but who knows with the expanding playoffs. I mean, eventually there's going to be like 28 teams in the playoffs, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, you might as well have more money. Has that ever happened, though, for you when you were playing like a team that everyone thought was going to be shit, whether it be in your division or just around the league, comes out and they're just unbelievable? Like, have you seen a situation like this with the Seahawks uh, before? It definitely happens. I, I know it, what I remember and we would talk about, too, is there's a lot of teams that come out the gate strong, like four and one, five and one or something, Panthers and then they like just completely fall off. And there's always teams like that every year. That's what we would kind of – we would try to stay away from being that team. We would talk about it, I know, defensively at least. Like, hey, don't be a flash in the pan. Some team that comes out of camp, oh, they're healthy, they feel good, they're front runners, and then – you know, get in the middle of the season, things get a little tougher. It's a little harder to to get there as early as you want and do all the work it takes, and you may uh, you may slide a little bit. So that's what we always wanted to stay away from. Seattle's a team that could absolutely surprise some people, though. Yeah, if you remember last year, the Panthers did that. They were like four and one or yeah. five and one or whatever. Darnold was running in touchdowns. He was yeah. playing really well. McCaffrey got hurt. What on that Houston Texans yeah, game Thursday where, night or where we had the boost or whatever? Yeah. Uh, and then they kind of like their kind of their season kind of did that. But I mean, there's no reason why the Seahawks can't do that. Like their defense, they have leaders on the, on the defense with uh, who just got paid. Diggs got paid. Diggs, um, yeah, Jamal, Jamal Adams. Adams got paid. Like they, there's some guys there. But yeah, like when you were talking about the division, I don't think I'm I don't think anyone's probably going to pick them to like. There's there's teams like who are farther down the list in the division as far as odds. Like, you guys have been like, well, we'll put a flyer on the Steelers plus 900 mm -hmm. because, you know, they've never had a losing season, stuff like that or whatever. I don't know if anyone's going to put a flyer on the Seahawks to win the division. Yeah, probably not. The other big thing I think that happened, at least in my world, I feel like it's a big deal, is Kyler Murray and this addendum oh. being oh, yeah. taken out of his contract. Now, I know there's question on, like, the timing of exactly when it was taken, compared, when it was taken out compared to when they, they said it was taken out. But – this is almost like a headline in the paper, though. Like, the, the damage is already done, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because now everyone's just going to say before, I forget who came on and talked about it. It might have been you, AJ, who just said, like, the entire conversation during the season is going to be like, oh, did he watch his four yeah. hours? Did he not watch his four hours if they win or lose? And then now it's just going to be like, oh, well, Kyler didn't want to watch any film this week. That's why he looked like shit. So no matter what, like, the damage is done. It's going to be a storyline. See, and I also feel like, you know, like, the more just average person looks at it and it's like, well, then the the team side of it too it's like well that's bullshit then you just made him look bad if yeah. if this actually is an issue then like why two days later like you mentioned the damage is already done everyone's already talking about it. a lot of people have a different opinion or maybe the same opinion of kyler now as they did you know before this came out but it's just like if if you're gonna do something like that this and have all this backlash like you can't just roll over two days later make oh yeah well i guess it probably was a mistake we shouldn't have pissed him off it's not in there anymore well, the fact that they said, like, oh, once we realized that the distraction that this created, 
they decide to take it out. I'm like, well, you're also giving it more gas when you're doing this. Saying, oh, we, we, we decided, you know, we don't need this distraction. Well, but you put it in there for a reason. It was a bit you had, you had whatever your reasons were for whatever you have seen from Kyler. You feel like you needed to put this in his contract, but then you take it away just because the public backlash is so bad. Like I don't, I don't understand really how that works. So what I've got from this, right, AJ, is that. Neither side thought that this was going to get out when they were doing the contract. They have to know, though, right? They have to know. Exactly. Well, and then which side, if the if the if Kyler's going to be pissed about it, you would think it's not his side that leaked it. And if the Cardinals are going to walk it back, who I, I still don't know who the fuck leaked it. Whose idea do you think it was? Was it the GM Steve Kime? Was it the owner? Was it Cliff? Who do you think presented this at the first I time? I saw owner. Yeah, it has to be the Cardinals. Like no matter what. No, yeah, I'm saying who are the Cardinals? They're like the GM or the owner. One of them had to like bring, had come up with well, this idea. I believe. Remember, there was that alleged uh, story about uh, the owner being very, 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 very upset after the playoff loss. Yeah. And potentially holding bonuses or whatever, oh, however, yeah. however that worked out. And you know what? I mean, if. If the owner gets wind that uh, maybe Kyler's playing a little too many video games and he's not watching as much film or whatever, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was the owner or whatever that suggested maybe putting in the contract. Also, wasn't it just reported like right when this was signed that he might only have like a certain amount of the like he didn't have like the full 160 million yeah. to put into escrow to cover it? So yes. maybe he's like, hey, like we're gonna do this, but I'm gonna put this in there so that if you know you're not doing everything that we think you should be doing to earn this money then, you know, it kind of saves his ass a little bit. I guess, Okay, so I asked a question on, the other day on the show. I said, is Kyler going to have to come up with some alternate username so when he plays, <laughs> like, I assume when he when he's playing with FaZe Clan, when he's gaming online, like, that's public for people to yeah. see, right? Oh, yeah. You can tell when someone's, like, online playing, like you just said, especially. I mean, if he's playing with FaZe Clan, I assume that somewhere in that contract there is an addendum, did, like, did, hey, you can't play video games with FaZe Clan during the season. Did you have AOL? Did you have AIM? Uh when you were younger, AJ? Uh, oh, yeah, I had Instant Messenger. What was your screen name? Rock Solid 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy, I had, a Bengals, I had a Bengals poster on my oh, wall, yes. and I had to come up with my username, and it was a three Bengals players, and it said Rock Solid on it. I was like, here <laughs> okay. we go. That's that pretty like, hey, sweet. Okay, actually. well, I, I think still, I haven't played it actually in a couple of years, but for PlayStation or Xbox, like you can like have like Game a notification on, on for like when he signs on. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't have like the door opening sound, I don't think, like that, but it will tell you like when <laughs> Kyler signs on to play a game. So, like, anyone who's on the network will know that Kyler's on playing, yeah. Yeah, it pops up on the bottom. Like, if you're friends with Kyler Murray on Xbox, it will pop up on the bottom, like, at Kyler Superfast Guy. So he's got a burner then, right? He has to have a burner. Has to, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I assume, yes, but also, he like... He probably cares about his stats, though. Yeah, yeah. doesn't want to mess oh, up yeah. his kill-death ratio in any games. Yeah. He doesn't want to have that on, like, a fake account. Like, and he has also, a super good game on his burner. He's going to be pissed that it wasn't on his yeah. burner. Exactly. Really and <laughs> I assume a lot of the time he's playing, he's playing with somebody who's either, like, streaming on Twitch or he's playing with somebody who, you know, has at least some eyes on it. So I don't see how he can play video games. I think he's going to have to put the controller down for a little while, but it feels as though it might be kind of tough. What they should have done, now best of both worlds, is he should have had to have played Madden for eight hours a week. Yes. And there you get go. used to fucking reading defenses and watching film that way. Against like, your opponent, yeah, too. Like, they, hey, if you're playing, exactly. you have to play. Like, you, you can publicly play 
uh, you can publicly game, but you have to be playing whoever that next opponent is that we are facing. Well, I think they have like an ability to actually put the Cardinals playbook into the game so what? that he can use it. No, I, I swear to God, I think there was a situation with like the Panthers maybe in 2014, 2015. That's wild. Around there, I, see, maybe you might be able to Google it and find it. But where with they Cam? actually with Cam and they actually had the Panthers playbook in the game, so it was easier for for them to like learn what they're supposed to be doing for like the wide receivers and the running backs and the quarterbacks. It's a good idea, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, but then if, if, you could, if he stops throwing to, like, Hollywood Brown when he's playing, like, you true. know, it's Hollywood Brown, like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not in the game plan this week, yeah. you know? 30 catches this season? Yeah. What the hell? That's a great, like, new age way where you could teach the guys the playbook if you were able to upload the whole playbook, offense and defense, onto the game. You don't want that. Coaches are super paranoid. They don't want that public for everyone else. But if you could do that for your own team, and these guys could game and learn the system, like that may be something we see in the future. We should probably copyright that. Yeah, TM, TM, TM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone, someone jot that down. Wait, do yeah. that. Yeah, because like uh, it'll have to be like I'm sure. I'm sure you guys have like how whatever software you use to upload the actual playbook onto your tablets and stuff like that to make sure it doesn't get leaked and stuff like that. It would just have to be a software like that. But it would, and then you could use a controller. You know, this is going to be awesome. Like guys are going to love learning the playbook. Well, especially in VR now. Remember that VR game we saw? I forget who was making it, but it was like Lamar Jackson. You could play as like the quarterback. That's what they should be doing. Just have Kyler do that. Hop in the Oculus and then just start slinging the pill in VR. Well, they're probably, yeah, that is the future. But we do have a, a good show today. I know we, we didn't get to it at the jump. We have Jordan Schultz coming on here in about Schultz-y. five minutes, oh, yeah. okay, I believe, Schultz-y. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll be on about five minutes. NFL Insider broke the DK Metcalf news. I know he uh, he's dialed in out there for sure. At 2.30, we have my old teammate, awesome guy, Josh Sitton, all Hell pro, yeah. absolute stud, monster guard for a long time Dog. in the NFL. One of those guys that does the dirty work, that sets the tone. Yeah. So he is a... Uh, a very fun guy as well, so it'll be good to get him on and talk to him here in the third hour. Pat's going to join us at some point. He's flying right now to Atlanta, am I correct? Yeah, yes. to Atlanta. Flying to Atlanta. I FaceTimed him quick before he took off. He felt very confident that it was going to be a safe flight. He always feels really good about that, <laughs> so hopefully he calls in here. Maybe in the 1 o'clock hour sometime he will call in, but he has a big, big match tomorrow night, correct, in Tennessee yeah. against uh, – Against his old foe that he's uh, he's been talking trash to this guy for a long time, hasn't he? Yeah, bomb-ass Corbin. And I don't know if they're old foes, but they are old teammates. I didn't know if you were aware of that, AJ. They actually uh, you know, were together many years with the Indianapolis Colts. That's right. That's why, that's why it pains me to see where the relationship has gone. Well, like, these guys hate each other now. Yeah, well, but there's if Corbin no wasn't s- such an asshole, Bingo. he wouldn't have gone sour. And there's no saying that, you know, you smack him in the mouth a couple times, maybe knock a few of his teeth out, that, you know, come Sunday morning, hey, they're on good terms again. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like anybody. Like, if when good friends get in a full knockdown, drag out fight, they usually get up and they're cool for the rest of their life, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. AJ, you ever been in a uh, one of those like where you're just kind of messing around and it hasn't turned into a full fledged serious fight? It it has or it has not. It always turns into one. Yeah, it does. But usually, hopefully, one person can kind of figure it out and be like, okay, before this escalates, <laughs> and we have some old adults like myself rolling around breaking tables we're gonna have to end this thing I mean, yeah but didn't you throw general bob yeah, through a sliding glass door like <laughs> 10 times in college yeah. never, <laughs> never. Yeah, that'd be very <laughs> dangerous if i threw him through now bob may have walked into a sliding glass door when he thought it was open when i've you done see that bob, as well i've walked in a broken a couple screens too walked right through those suckers when you see bob I mean, how many times does he try to wrestle you or yeah. give you a noogie <laughs> 
Bob's too strong, though. Like, if, if, have you guys ever been around Bobby in person? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. One time, two times. Do the old, you know how Pat says how Graves tested him and grabbed his arm yeah. or his shoulder? Mm-hmm. Do that to Bob. The dude, it's like hitting granite. <laughs> the dude is an absolute rock. Like you don't, you don't want to grapple with him because if you show him, like, oh hey, here we go. Like, this is what we're doing. He'll be, he'll start to get really excited, start smiling, and then put those big old meat paws on you. And it's tough to get out of there. It's like a puppy. You get them all riled up, yep. and then they can't stop They start them. biting you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're sharp-ass puppy teeth. They do. They start biting you and gnawing. You're right. That's a good That's a good way to, to describe it, Nick. I think it's true. Is Brady like that, too? Like Brady and Quinn, you guys are like, oh, Quinn family's not as cool as the Hawk family, and then you guys kind of like throw <laughs> it on each other in the backyard. Yeah. Brady is a big old meathead. He absolutely. He always does. He'll always smack me and smack me in the back, smack my arm. He tries. He tries to like get me going. He tries to get me pissed off. So oh, I make sure uh, I do not engage when he does. Is, that. is uh speaking of is, do we know is Urban going to be on that that show? Big Ten this year. I don't know. What is Fox saying? I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Uh, to be honest, wasn't there like one like report that he was thinking about it, or maybe? Yeah, yeah last, I thought it was happening. So did I. Last I heard, I thought that it was like they haven't announced anything, but it's a, a pretty much a done deal. The Herbs will be back for the big college kickoff show or whatever the hell Stu it's Cotter. called. Stu's get kicked out. Well, he's is he going back to the XFL? XFL, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's coaching with fucking Heinz Ward. Oh yeah, Stoops has yeah. his own team, I think. Wasn't Stoops with the USFL and now he's the XFL? Yeah, that's right. I, I think he was. Co- was he coaching the Generals? Maybe he was coaching the team. He could have been. Why did he ever leave Oklahoma if he's just going to bounce around all these upstart football leagues and keep coaching? <laughs> well, and then he coached Oklahoma in their bowl game. He did. When Lincoln Riley already left. Stoops came in and was like, yeah, I got coaching. you, boys. He's coaching the XFL, yeah. That's yeah. on me. Well, I know Urban hasn't officially signed. At least they haven't told us, right, if he is officially signed. But what, their first show is in two weeks, three weeks? What oh, is yeah. It? It's very so. I, I don't wow. think it's two or three Probably weeks. Probably uh, Labor Day weekend is the first weekend of college football normally. Yeah, it's August 1st on Monday, so a month from Monday, yeah, month. basically. All right. Well, hey, guys, we're going to transition. We have our, our first guest here. So this guy is absolutely dialed in to all things mm-hmm. Seattle, what the Seahawks are doing, really all around the NFL. So we've had him on before. He's always great. Please welcome Mr. Jordan Schultz. Yeah! What's up, Jordo? How you doing? What's up, fellas? What's up? You looking how you good, doing? man? You're breaking. You break the DK news. You have everything. Like, how are you so dialed in out there? And, and how long has this process been going on with DK in Seattle? And did it ever become? Uh, were they always on good terms? Yeah, it's great to be on again, fellas, and, and happy Friday. I think with DK, it basically came down to how do we value our 24 year old superstar All Pro receiver, and how do we tell him? while also taking care of other guys first. You know, they took care of Jamal, they took care of Quandre, but not forgetting about him, you know, and and they were able to find that balance. So they never got to bad terms. You know, the best part for DK is he gets the 58.2 million guaranteed, the unprecedented 30 million guaranteed signing bonus, which has never happened for a wide receiver. So three years, 72. And then here's the real coup. It's at 28 years old, he'll be a free agent prime for another big bag so it actually works out really well for both sides he's got four more years in seattle he's happy to be there they're thrilled to have him and to answer your question it never got to that you know nefarious point where both sides felt like a a deal wasn't going to get done was dk like do you know if he was all in from the beginning to sign this extension in seattle like there was thoughts that oh okay russell wilson's gone they don't. They don't really know what the quarterback position is happening. Is this team? You know, is this a full overhaul? Like, was he always dialed in to, to want to come back to Seattle? 
He was, and I have spoken with him not only at length yesterday, AJ, but over the last few months and over the last few years as he's become a star. And one of the things he's told me repeatedly is, is really twofold. He loves the organization. He knows it's a great organization, a great place to be. But he also feels like there's room for him vertical growth-wise in the city, in the Northwest, to be a real face of the franchise and of that region. And I think, you know, you look at what Marshawn Lynch was able to accomplish in a pretty period of time, five, six, seven years, Russell Wilson as well, premium position players, skill position guys that became the face of the organization and in turn the city and the region. I think DK feels like, okay, I'm 24, I'm getting better every year, and now I'm going to have the opportunity over the next four years to really build. So, yeah, I think he felt like the organization made sense for him, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, but also the opportunity to grow on and off the field. So you said you talked to DK yesterday. What what uh, were what was his mood like? Like, what did he great. seem like? Was he pretty happy? Ecstatic. He was like, you know, they, they got the deal done. He can get back to football because, obviously, if you don't report to training camp, it's 50 grand a day. And he was at camp, but he wasn't really going to participate, right? If you're not, if you're not signed, so he wanted to just get back into football. Like that's what he is. He's like, I'm a football player. That's this is what I do. And so I think for him, it felt really good to just get the deal done and move on and not have this lingering over. So he was ecstatic. We we, we talked a couple times yesterday, and I'm I'm really happy for him because you know it. He he wasn't a first round pick. He came in, you know, he dropped a little bit in the draft, and there were questions about him, but. Never, never really warranted, in my opinion, because of what he's been able to do on the field. You, you think about the last three years, it's really one of the great starts to a career that we've seen from a wide receiver. And I think he feels like I'm in a great position now at 24 again to just like keep building. And more than anything, AJ, to just get back on the field and, and be with the guys. I mean, that was really important to him. Jordo, now I know you you were you were locked in with everywhere in the NFL. What, what are your thoughts, or, or what are you hearing when you talk to people about this whole Kyler Murray? addendum situation that they put in with the four hours of of yeah. uh, mandatory study time and then then they take it out now what are you hearing about that well let me ask you quickly aj have you ever heard of that regardless of position never i thought it was a joke when i first heard it reported exactly i i, I was like wait is this on the onion or i don't know some <laughs> crazy website because there's no way that a franchise quarterback has this clause let alone kyler murray like one of the best i don't know eight to ten quarterbacks in the league Number one pick, Heisman Trophy winner. So I was stunned. I think a lot of people internally were frustrated that that news got out. And I talked to Cliff Kingsbury yesterday, his head coach, who's obviously known him a long time. And I said, you know what, can you just break down without, you don't need to go into detail, but just the overall essence of this. And he was like, listen, we, we, we just need to get this straightened out. And what that meant for him was we need to fix this referendum. People need to know that we're not doing this. Uh, you know, this four-hour, five-hour thing, and we're just going to have him be the guy we need him to be. And that's what this $46.1 million, second-highest-paid quarterback in the league behind Aaron Rodgers represents. Do you think this is going to be something that we stop talking about? I know everything comes and goes, and, oh, yeah. it it's seems like a huge deal right now, and then three days later we forget it even happened. This feels like something that may have some legs. Don't you feel like it will hang over if they get off to a shaky start? They go one and three, and he throws four picks in the first three, four. Or like, no matter even if he he comes out guns blazing, we're all just going to be okay. Let's see what happens at the end of the season because we know that's when they have had issues in the past, like towards the end of the season when they've lost some key games and just right. struggled down the stretch. I think we're always no matter what happens throughout the year, like we're going to be like, all right, how are you going to do like the last four games, man? Yeah, well, if you go back to the playoffs against the Rams, he throws the two picks. He has the pick six. 
they obviously struggled down the stretch. And I've, I've asked Cliff about this, not Kyler, but still getting his perspective of how do you fix some of these issues that you've had, you know, at T-Tech and now at Arizona where you have these great starts and you feel great about how the team looks and all of a sudden you fall off a cliff a little bit. And I think what it comes down to is just that consistency and feeling like we need to establish the culture at the beginning of the season, really even now in training camp, and get our young guys, in this case, David Collins, Isaiah Simmons, really get them going because the defense needs to play at a high level. They have super high expectations for them. They, 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 they signed Antoine Woods yesterday, another nice move. And when it comes down to Kyler, having him be the focal point, the centerpiece, not only on paper, but in that locker room. Because obviously, if you go back the last couple of years, there have been issues with Kyler from an immaturity standpoint. And is he really going to be the face of our franchise? Can we trust him? This was always going to happen, AJ, fellas. This was always going to happen in terms of Arizona giving him that deal. The question was, was it going to be now? Was it going to be a year? And was it going to be top three, top five money? I think the right thing to do got done. Because the alternative was, what do we have? You know, we've already built the team in theory around him, getting Hollywood Brown, bringing in Hopkins, Zach Ertz. We draft the kid McBride out of Colorado State. How do we build around him by also trust him? And now that's what that money represents. So I, I feel like... They, they feel good about it. They just want to get it going. But to your point, if, if they don't play well, I think this comes back. But I think if they play well early, get off to a fresh start, a hot start, I think it's it's no no big deal. Uh, the boys have some questions for you. Ty, what do you got? Jordan, going back to Seattle, do you get the inclination now that they got the DK deal done? Uh, are they going to – like they were kind of just the odd man out with the quarterback carousel. Do you get the idea that they might – look at Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that, whether it's trading for him or seeing what happens with uh, San Francisco, or are they pretty much standing pat and okay with either Geno Smith or Drew Locke? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because it feels like the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, at least for me, you can tell, you tell me, but I, I felt like it would be would have been handled by now. I thought he would have been released, traded, what have you. I'm still surprised, quite frankly, that he is in a 49er uniform. I do think that in terms of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch coming out and saying, Trey Lance is our guy. I think that was a, the right move in, in terms of just saying, he, he, you know, we, we trust him moving forward and Jimmy's not really going to be here. But in terms of the Seahawks, I would be really surprised. If you remember, I went a couple months ago or six weeks ago, I said, I really didn't think Baker Mayfield would be a Seahawk. I thought maybe Carolina, ultimately that deal got done. I never felt like Seattle was in the mix on Baker. I feel the same in terms of Jimmy. They went out and got Drew Locke. 25 years old. I know they really liked him when he came out of Missouri. You know, there's obviously been criticism around Drew Locke, but they did like him when he came out of Missouri, second-round pick. And in terms of Geno, they gave him about $7-plus million a year, and it's it's a contract that they felt like is very affordable for either a backup or a starter. So to answer your question, long-winded, I would be really surprised if Seattle went after Jimmy Garoppolo. I also would be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo was in a 49er uniform week one. Boston Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Jordan, now that the DK deal's done, do you think Debo's going to get like a lot more than what he just got, or do you think it'll be kind of around that same number? And then also Deontay Johnson, is his deal anywhere close? Are you aware of anything going on there either? I'll start with DJ because he had a really good year last year, fellas, and I think you know he was one of the most targeted receivers in the league. His numbers were outstanding. Um, I've talked to Omar Khan, their new GM, about him. Not super recently, but in the past. They love Deontay Johnson. I mean, he's a star. He's a number one receiver. In terms of a deal getting done right now or imminently, I don't see that with him. But it will get done. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned Samuel. The interesting okay. part about 
is that he's also represented by CAA Sports and Tory Dandy, the same agent who represents DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. So I think this helps. This DK deal ultimately helps Debo get over the finish line with the Niners. In terms of money, I would expect it to be super similar, maybe a little more. Uh, DK's 24, Debo's 26. Obviously, they do different skill sets, but both dynamic players. But I do think a deal with Debo gets done pretty soon. Pretty, wait, what do you mean pretty soon, Jordo? Is that Could that be within this week, before the season? What does that mean? I would say at, at the very soonest, you know, within the next week, and at the very latest, you know, before week one. So why don't we say within the next five, six weeks, Debo Samuel is officially a 49er for, you know, the long-term basis, you know, because he's – I know that San Francisco really wants to take care of him. You know, John Lynch loves him. They feel like he's the heartbeat of that team alongside – you know, it's George Kittles and Eric Armstead's of the world. They want to take care of him. And when it comes down to it, they will. It's just a matter of could it be this week, next few weeks, but they are getting closer. Uh, known Pittsburgh diehard fan, Diggs, what do you have? Thanks, AJ. Hey, Jordo, um, yesterday Lamar kind of answered uh, about his contract, and he said he felt like something will get done, but uh, there is kind of a deadline here where – um, I th- it kind of sounded like he's not going to play without one, that there is right. a deadline, but he thinks it'll get done. What's your, uh, what have you heard on that one? My sense with Lamar is because, well, I'll say two things. One, Baltimore is a little more tight-lipped than some of these other organizations. And secondly, because Lamar represents himself, just like Orlando Brown, just like Bobby Wagner, the leaks that come out of there are almost non-existent. So you're kind of grasping for straws. And so what I've done with that is I basically asked a number of executives and even a couple scouts around the league, their sense. And when it comes down to it, DaCosta wants to take care of Lamar Jackson, not dissimilar to how the Niners want to take care of Debo. But because Lamar Jackson, I think, you know, he didn't have that great season last year. Maybe Baltimore feels like they have a little more leverage. But to your point uh, about not playing, I, I think Lamar is just the kind of guy that he's like, he's a football player. You know, like he really wants to be on the field. They, the, the guys love him in that locker room. You know, we don't always see that with quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson is absolutely beloved by the offense, the defense, that entire organization, the way he approaches, you know, his his work. So when it comes down to it, I think Lamar ultimately gets a deal as well. Um, if you were to ask me timing-wise, I think his potentially could be the longest to take, but I don't foresee him not playing. Jordan, quick pivot here for me off the field have you ever had to sit for a deposition? And if so, did it last 11 hours? Because Dan <laughs> Snyder sat for 11 hours. Rough go, man. I would imagine the transcripts might come out eventually, but what the hell did they say in those 11 hours? What could possibly take 11 hours in a deposition for an NFL owner? That is that how much crap they have on this dude. Um, so if you're – the answer is no. I never sat in deposition. <laughs> I really, really don't want to. When it comes to Daniel Snyder, I think we need to look at the possibility as, let's just say, NFL fans for right now. As NFL fans, that there is a legitimate chance that the league, for the first time, could really push out an owner. We really haven't seen that in the NFL. We've seen it in terms of the commissioner and the owners taking care of Donald Sterling and banning him from the league. I don't know if that's going to happen with Daniel Snyder. But I think in terms of an NFL owner who really has put himself and his organization in a really bad position for a long time, that's Daniel Snyder. And when you have 11 hours of deposition, if, this, if even a, a portion of those transcripts come out and they're as bad as they, we think they could be, he's in really hot water. Yeah, it definitely seems like 
it, it, I don't know how he still has control of the team right now. I guess Doctor, technically his wife does, right? In theory, yeah. And you have to wonder how's that sitting internally when you're rudderless like that from the top. And you have seven fans showing up for training camp too. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I actually like what they did in the draft. Like I love Jahan Dotson. I think they're going to be better. I do think the Commanders are going to be better. Um, and they went out and got Carson Wentz. We'll see how that goes. But oh, yeah. in terms of the actual organization, when you're rudderless from the very top, that's a really bad position to be in. Just like a business, a team, anything. It's just not a good spot. Are, are there any like uh, under-the-radar storylines or things that we haven't paid much attention to that you think are going to break soon or that you, you may you'd be working on behind the scenes? I'll t- I don't know if it's a, a story in terms of – uh, well, this isn't a story in terms of like a guy getting signed or traded, but let me tell you a guy that I have heard remarkable good, remarkably good things about is Romeo Dobbs in Green Bay. Let's go. He's, he's trending right. right now, actually. He, so, guys, there's two receivers I want to highlight rookies. I mentioned Dotson. Sky Moore in Kansas City is a star. I, I don't know what that means numbers-wise right away, but he is going to be a terrific player for them out of the Mac, another kind of Antonio Brown type of gadget player, but who's tough and plays bigger. Okay, and then I mentioned Romeo Dubs. Obviously, Christian Watson has an opportunity to be a superstar. He is a first-round talent, first-round pick. He's got all the tools in the world, and I believe he's going to get there. But I think because Dubs was a mid-round pick, comes from Nevada, there wasn't as much hype around him. He is someone who lit up the Pac-12, lit up every offense or every defense in the country. And when I've talked to the Green Bay players and staff, they keep talking about this guy. I'm not even saying I'm bringing him up. They're like, this This kid has it all. The routes, he's bigger than we thought he was. He's faster. He's tough. I think he is going to be a star for Green Bay. And I'm not saying he's going to replace Devontae Adams. Nobody. <laughs> but, AJ, Romeo Dobbs, fantasy players out there, go out and get this guy. Oh, yeah. he is that guy. Um, the final player that I, I want to ask about, Julio Jones, Tampa Bay. Now, Tom Brady, are they going to use – I've heard people say they may use him for a few, like, Gronk-type things, the situation. Yeah. We know he's a big dude, super athletic, huge red zone threat, threat everywhere. But what are you hearing about him down there? That's exactly right. So if you go and look at him, Godwin, and Mike Evans, all these guys are big, physical wide receivers. And Julio, at 33 years old, you know, he's not the player he was at 27, but he's still in the – an elite weapon, I, I believe, especially inside the 20s. So what they're going to do, my understanding to your point, AJ, is they're going to deploy him somewhat similarly to how they did with Rob. Some of these brush routes, drags, especially when you get in that red area where you need a guy that can absolutely make a play, third down and seven. Who, Who is it? It's going to be Julio Jones. Now, I'm not saying he's going to lead the team to receive him because he won't. But, you know, he is someone that I think almost – like complimentary, it feels weird to call Julio a complimentary guy, but he's willing to be that. He felt like I could be, I can contend with Tom Brady, and I think Brady really knows it in terms of I got to keep this guy involved because long term playoffs, week fifteen when we need a quick play, a big play, he is going to be the weapon I need and maybe haven't had. So whereas Antonio Brown was great, but you could put him in the slot, I think Julio is going to be. Gronk-ish for them, you know, and especially in the red area. They have Kate Otten. They bring in Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Scotty Miller's there. Darden. Uh, Tyler Johnson. They have a lot of players. Russell Gage. They have a lot of weapons. But I think Julio, almost understated, is going to be a very, very good player for them when it matters. And he seems to be saying all the right things. He wants to come in, fit in wherever he can, just help the team win, try to get a ring. But what about you, Jordan? What's it look like from here until, until – uh 
the season starts, I'm sure it seems like you do a million things. You you're involved in many different sports too. Like, what's your day to day look like from here until the season? I bet you're just everywhere. AJ, I, I, first of all, I I love what I do so much, but I really love this time of the year because you can see that starting line of week one. Like I just I'm challenging here. So I'll probably you know, I'm in New York. I'll probably go out to Jets camp, a Giants camp, maybe see how they gonna do. How's Zach Wilson doing? I I think he's doing pretty well. <laughs> by the way, quick, a great big turnaround from him from a public perspective mm-hmm. on how they feel about this guy. That guy's got a lot of fans now. He does have a lot of fans. Joe D has surrounded him with a ton of weapons: Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, uh, Brees Hall, uh, Corey Davis. I think he's going to surprise some people. So I, I'm really excited about him. I'm also excited about that whole offense because I just and, and the in the organization finally feels like it has a place to move forward. And I think the Giants with Dayball and Mike Kafka, Daniel Jones, Saquon, and both New York teams will be will be considerably improved. I don't know if that means playoffs, but they're going to be improved. I will say in terms of like day to day, AJ, like for me, what really fires me up is talking to everyone, but especially the players, because the players are the ones, as you know, AJ, they know what's up and they're guys know right away if this guy can play or if he can't, if he's for real, if he's not. And so that's the type of insight that really fires me up this time of the year, especially when you talk about free agents, guys who got traded, rookies coming in and we really don't know a whole lot. That's what I like to know. Or I think also this time it's it's cool because we're so early on. Guys are flashing; they they look great. Some guys are gonna fall fall by the wayside once you put the pads on. You start getting hit. You try to go across the middle, and you can't really take their head off now. But you can at least you know puncture a lung or something. What, That's what, what guys are trying yeah, to do. A good a good lung puncture. What's that like for you as a linebacker when you know you can finally light someone up? It's it's fun. It's it's tough though because in practice you don't want to do it to your own teammates. So you're just you gotta you gotta take your shots with like the the O lineman. That's who you're you're really banging with in practice the most. But now it's a little different. They got the guardian caps on. I don't know if you saw Jason Kelsey with a nice little addition to his wearing the bubble wrap on top of it was a was a nice touch. Double double. uh, I think I said yesterday. Ask Dr. Alan Sills, who's an amazing doctor from all that we have heard. If you put two caps on, it's better than one, right? So he has this cap. And then bubble wrap over top, so he has double the protection, right? That that is tremendous. And I guess as well, you mentioned the old lineman, maybe some of the joint practices. Then you can kind of mix it up, right? And that's when you see some of the those early preseason fights. Are we gonna? Are, is, let's say they have a joint practice in the first couple of weeks at camp. Are they all going to be wearing the uh, the the caps, the guardian caps? Then have both to. teams, I guess. Uh-huh. Have to. I would imagine. Yeah, but that that's you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ask around on that. Uh, yeah. I haven't even thought about that, but I guess in theory, yeah, they would. Like the up until a certain point, right? Like the third preseason game, don't they have right. to wear them? I think it is the third. It is the third week of the third preseason game. Then they come off and we go back to normal. But I do like that the league is taking as much safety precautions as possible because tell me, is there really any reason not to if, if it's going to give you another 10, 15, 20 percent of protection, especially at this point in camp? Oh yeah, I mean I. Mm. I've had plenty of thoughts about the Guardian Caps and how they look, and I don't know how they feel. I've never worn them. If they help, like they say they do, absolutely, it's it's worth it. Uh, I don't I don't think anyone should ever like jeopardize their career, their their brain in practice. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna get CTE, get it in the game. Don't waste (laughs) time. This is always been like. That's the type of insight that I personally love. You're gonna get CTE, do it in the game. If you want to puncture a lung, do it in practice. There you go, Jordan. You know what? That's a great out. Thank you so much for joining us, Jordan. 
you are obviously awesome. You broke the DK news. I'm sure we'll be breaking plenty more news as the season goes. We uh, we can't wait to have you on again, man. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it, guys. Have a great weekend, and, and be well, and take care. All right. Jordan Schultz, everybody. Thank hey, you, it went hey, right you through it. I'm talking. You were so close. You were so. I don't close. care. I'm walking. I'm gonna talk right past it every time today, then, because I can't hear anything when I'm talking. So that's <laughs> it's no one's fault. It's no one's fault. It's mine. But I'm just saying, if I talk past it the next time, whatever. But Take I got a little a breath, excited though, guys. Dude, Diggs okay. sent me something. I haven't got to really click on it yet or see it, so I'm actually kind of scared because I know Diggs. Ooh. You never know what he's gonna send you. But I see right. like the uh, screen grab of it. Did something happen in the congressional softball game and somebody flipped the bird to somebody? No way. Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah, I believe Representative San- Sanchez. Yeah, I believe uh, Representative Linda Sanchez out of California. Who I, I think she's batting like 330 on the season. God Fucking damn. has one of the best gloves you can ever see at first okay. base. Um, the Dems lost 10 nothing, uh, and I believe. Shut out. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I believe she was a little upset with her teammates' performances, uh, and she decided to take out on the Republican uh, dugout, and she fucking gave them double birds as she was uh, going by the dugout. It was pretty. I mean, that event is electric every single year. <laughs> Who was on the bump? If someone had a complete game shutout. Pedro Martinez, actually. Holy shit! Who's he represent Wait. now? He was was she serious? Oh yeah. She was not. Oh. I mean, no, I didn't see video, but you know, in the article, it was basically so she hit a fucking absolute laser in between first, second base. <laughs> she goes up, gets a single, one of the few hits they got all night. They lift her for a pinch runner. As she's running off the field, she flipped off the uh, Republican dugout on her way back to. Yep, there it is. What a dog! They lifted her Good for, for a pinch her. Runner. Yeah, they in did. the pinstripes. Yeah, talk about she's like twenty eight stolen bases this year. What does she well, pinch run for? Cold. Maybe that's why she can't steal fit. bases in softball. So this is fucking, it's a this baseball is, game. Yeah, we're talking. Oh, is this pitch. wait? Is this fast pitch baseball? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're talking hardball. You're serious? Yes. Yes. yes, actually, they got they have grown adults playing fast pitch baseball. Hey, oh we yeah, talk, Bingo. Remember Representative Anthony Gonzalez hit fucking like three triples yeah, last year. I still year. thought Inside it was a softball park. game though. No, that's why it was so crazy. Is last year they had like a 76 year old guy threw like 140 pitches <laughs> on the bump. Like probably yeah. died like a week Shut later. Up. No, I'm dead serious. No, it actually happened. This is awesome. I need to watch. Do they do they show this on what ESPN, C-SPAN or something? ESPN two. Nope. Yeah, it was on ESPN two last year. No, it was. Well, it was dead serious. serious. Dead yeah. serious. Last year's on ESPN two. How do I miss this every year? Good question. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll get back to it. You know what? Well, let's get to the phones. We've been waiting on them for all day. The five hour energy phone line. I know Bruce, you are back there, Bruce. Let's see if Kyle in Alabama is still on the line. I don't know if he is or not, but. There's a lot of good people waiting online, I think, that have some good stuff to offer. So if Kyle's there, let's try to pot him up, as they say. 5 Use promo code MACV for 10% off. Oh, you're such a pro. Thank you. <laughs> hey, what's going on, boys? What's up, Kyle? How you doing? Keep it going on. I'm doing well. How are y'all? Pretty good. Oh, good. great. Obviously, 5-Hour Energy phone line. Appreciate you calling. 10% off. 5 Use code McAfee. Kyle, what's on your mind, pal? Uh, well, first, I want to shout out my friend from high school, uh, Derek Hall, Long Ball Hall. Got called up by the Phillies. Uh, replaced Bryce Harper. Already hit a couple dingers. So wow. shout, out to him. shout out. Long Ball okay. Hall. Long, Long Ball Hall. Hall. Long Ball Hall. You got to do it. Hit a triple against uh, Pirates yesterday. Damn. Uh, okay. Hang on. Hang on. Big accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well. But uh, I wanted to ask about uh, kind of mentality in training camp. Uh, when did guys really start turning it on being – okay, you know, it's time to get real serious or is it kind of throughout camp or 
is there a time where it's like you know you got to walk up somebody and be like hey man you gotta, you got to get your shit together <laughs> that's a good question honestly uh you would think everybody would show up like with the mindset okay this is my job this is my profession i want to keep my job i'll do whatever it takes i put in the work uh, that's not always the case i mean it's tougher once you get there and you're 10 days in everyone's body's beat up pretty bad and you know you still have a couple weeks left where you're going to be out there three hours a day you know hitting pretty good um I think everyone like anyone that's played football at any level really I think even you guys could speak on it you guys that played uh high school football at least Hell didn't yeah. you guys get a feeling like as the end it's summer clicked on you know June okay cool here we go offseason workouts July here we go all right towards the like, middle of July or fourth of July really it starts to flip in your brain. You, you kind of have a countdown going when you know, hey, I'm going to be leaving. I got to make sure I'm ready physically, mentally, all of that. Didn't you guys even have that in high school where you you like had the impending training camp? Like in high school, it was like three a days, just blast each other. It was crazy. But did you guys have that when you were in high school, that feeling? Yeah, you got camps and stuff around the fourth, too, mm-hmm. so you kind of get those first pop with the pads on. But weren't you one of the guys, too, who, like, day one, day two of camp, you're kind of giving motivational speeches, trying to get everybody pumped up and kind of stay in the zone? I will tell you one thing that happens that should not. And I had a strength coach who <laughs> shut somebody down early. It's, and I know I've mentioned this on the show before. It's like the people that come in the first or second day and tell you, oh, this year's going to be different, man. I know, I know I was late 12 times last year, and I had 13 <laughs> missed assignments every single game because I never paid attention. But this year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, you know, turned the corner. I'm going to do things my way. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I am all in on the team, and I'm a team guy, and I'm going to change everything. And I had a strength coach. I remember telling a guy, hey, man, come back to me in three months. Like, just don't tell me about it. Just go show me. And I'll, trust me, we will know if you are taking care of your business. And I, I think camp, the beginning of camp especially, is a, a big time for that where it's like, hey, just show us what you're going to do. We don't need to talk. We have enough meetings. We have enough motivational speakers out there on the Internet. Just show us what you're going to do. And if you produce on the field, you're going to be fine. Your team's going to be good. But it's not like – like, um I mean, maybe they could do it with practices, obviously, now because they're not padded week one. They're going to be padded week two or whatever. But, like, if it feels like everyone, like, you're these, a lot for a lot of players, these day one matters. Like, you have to go hard day one, the entire yeah. training camp. Well, even when, okay, so when they say, like, oh, you only have 14 days of padded practice or whatever, you saw that clip we showed of Kelsey with the bubble wrap on his yeah. helmet. That's still contact. Like, you're, even though they're, they're not wearing pads, like, your heads are still going to bang together. You got to get your hand placement right. Like you're still, especially in the trenches and the linebackers and fullbacks and tight ends and linemen. Like you're going, you guys are still banging a little bit, and you can definitely take some. You can receive and deliver blows to the head in those moments. So yeah, you you absolutely have to be ready. I, I know my first day in Cincinnati, they ran a screen pass the first play I was in, the first eleven on eleven we did in OTAs, and I thought I broke my neck hitting an O lineman. Like this guy just. Kind of, he was going a little harder than I thought, and I have a ton of respect for him. And but like I, we like front him up, trying to like make it look right, and we get a nice big pop. And I was like, "Geez, my neck just break my tenth year in the NFL, and we're not even wearing pads right now." Like, so I knew right then that reminded me quickly. Like, okay, here we go. We got to be ready. Well, that's what happened with like Jensen. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I was gonna just say. Is like, have you had anything in camp like with Jensen where? maybe not necessarily first day, but first week, like you've been in on something where like a key piece of the team has gone down and you kind of know like, oh shit, we probably just lost him for the season. And Lucas. Man, in camp, I think I've been pretty lucky. I, I know, I don't know if there's, I, I can't think of anyone specifically early in camp where that happens, but it's always like, uh, it puts a huge like, 
it's a big downer on the whole team when someone does get hurt in camp and they have to cart them off and all oh, that is terrible. Nobody wants to see it. It makes you kind of makes the rest of that practice kind of weird. I feel like sometimes coaches will just end practice if a, a big time guy gets hurt. If you're halfway through the practice or whatever, they'll just shut it down. If it was a big deal, I think. Yeah, it might not be related, but uh, Brady isn't practicing today either, and maybe he's you know texting Hainsy and trying to get some work in with him. But uh, when you mentioned about how players can come in and say like, oh, like this year's going to be different, all that. How long do the, those guys actually get? Because if it's like their second or third year and they're saying this shit and they always, you know, in the previous years have missed 12 or 13 assignments, like you said, like, will they just cut bait with those guys even though they picked them in, like, the top two rounds? Because I think it was Aaron who's getting interviewed and maybe it was about Kenny Clark going into last year, like, kind of thinking that he might get cut because he hadn't, you know, done or performed up to the either pick or because he's a first round pick Kenny, right? yeah but i don't know if it, it might have been about someone else i doubt Kenny because no that Clark, was different con that was though you're talking about the right thing but it was aaron was saying the communication i i believe from what i saw of the clip aaron said like kenny thought someone came and told him like hey get your ipad and meet me upstairs or meet coach upstairs and he was like wait are they cutting me and i think whoever went to Kenny Clark, didn't know it was Kenny Clark, thought Correct. he was somebody else. Uh, yeah. And I think Aaron was like, that's a problem. We can't have that. Like, it, we're a team, right? We're a family. And you're this is our first-round pick. He's not getting cut right now. And you don't even know who he is. Like, that's the stuff I, I agree. That's just – that should never happen. I yeah, think. AJ spot on. It was about the disconnect between the front office and the players in the locker room and everyone, and the guys from the front office not even knowing who the players were to go and tell them, hey, we're, mm-hmm. we got to cut a guy. Jesus. Yeah, imagine the other players seeing that and hearing that. Yeah. And like, what? It's the NFL. And that and especially in Green Bay, that, that should never that should never happen. I don't know who that was who made that mistake. It'd be yeah, hopefully like they should pretty easy one him. not to make. I mean, Kenny Clark is like you know, he's like the fucking stalwart of the defense. He's Matt, he's been unbelievable. Without Kenny Clark, that defense looks a lot different. So yeah, hopefully they should can that guy. Yeah. AJ, <laughs> have they called you to come in and maybe uh, teach that middle linebacker that they got a little uh, little tips of the trade. Ooh. They don't need me teaching him anything. You can't teach speed and power, and that dude has it. Like I think it's going to be fun to watch him. Have we heard much uh, about their their young guys uh, throughout camp so far? Honestly, not really. Uh, most, uh, at least, I mean, Romeo. It's been more offensive because Christian Watson is on the pup, and then. Like uh, Jordo said, yeah, Romeo Dobbs has been looking really good. But I really haven't heard much from the defensive side of the ball. And I know today, I think, practice is closed to the media. So, Hey, why is Tom Brady sitting out? Do they give him a vet day or what? Probably, right? Yeah, probably a vet day. Doesn't feel like practicing. I assume that he could probably not do anything for the He probably gets like every team. third day off, doesn't he? That's, anyway. what, that's what I'm pretty sure Ben did. I think it was two days on, one day off, two days on, one day off. And, I, you know, Tom, Tom – they have similar diets and stuff like that, so I assume it's similar. Is Ben coming back? Yeah, Cleveland. <laughs> massive chance. So, no, massive circle. Chance. no yeah. he's not, but in classic Ben fashion, he did do one interview on the way out that he did say, you know, I still got it. If I really wanted to, I could fucking still play. That's the thing people talk about. I think Derek Jeter was mentioning, like, <clears throat> guys retiring in about a year out. Their body starts feeling pretty good. They're not banged up, and they think about going back in. Maybe Ben's at that point right now. I think now. he said that Colbert pushed him out, kind of. If if I remember, yeah, Nick shaking. His so he's head. going to the Browns then, huh? Bingo. <clears throat> no, no, I think I think they're set. He um, knows the division inside <clears throat> and out. Ohio he kid, yeah, he, he does. He plays well in Cleveland. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, he's all time uh, winning as quarterback at their stadium, actually, including yeah. Browns quarterbacks. So. Might make a lot of sense. Now, I mean, Brady might be sitting out too because he might be, you know, flying over to Gronkies saying, "Hey, Gronk, Jetson just got hurt. We need another weapon. 
time to come put on the pads. What about Rudolph? Oh, I love Rudolph, but, you know, we're talking about Rob Gronk. He's the best Gronky. of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Gronky, yeah. Brady's sidekick. I mean, don't you want to see more of Tommy and Gronky where they do those segments <laughs> and they sit in those beach chairs and they answer questions about each other? Of course. I mean, that's. I would love for him to come back and do that, but he's going to call – like, Gronk knows, like, hey, once – once Thanksgiving hits, then that's when Gronk needs to turn it on. Like, here we go. Now I'm in play. Now I'm, now I come back. I go make a run. When all these games really matter, primetime games, I make those huge Gronk plays where it feels like the stadium almost shakes when he's just rambling down the field. Here we go. Another ring for Gronk. Why not? Would, um, do, like, teammates care about that? That are like, hey, you weren't here all year? Not if it's Gronk. Not if he's, a, you know, a, a generational talent like Gronk is and huge personality, a guy that can – just absolute brings so much juice to your squad. No, people don't care. Even Kyle Rudolph, he's say he's sitting yeah. on fucking seven touchdowns. Uh, yeah. In the- oh yeah, I don't I know. Mean, if you, you if you're sitting there and you've you're playing the same position, you've had a successful year, and you realize that your time is going to be cut. You may be frustrated, but you also at the same time kind of understand too. Well, and Tampa's one of those like few teams. It seems like this year in the NFL, at least the Packers definitely fall into this category where like you know they're going to make it to the playoffs bills too like you know that they're going to be in it at the end whereas like if it was maybe a different team who's like on the fence like anybody in the afc north or the afc west where you're not really too sure where they're going to be at around like week 11 12 13 like you've mentioned with gronk like it's most likely going to happen where gronk comes back especially like if rudolph or cameron break get hurt and it's past the trade deadline and there's no one that they can pick up like it's very hard to see Gronk saying no to Tom if Tom reaches out to him like, hey, I, you know, you owe me a ring at least. I got you four. Like let's let's come let's do this. I would assume I mean, a guy like Rudolph too, like like kind of like Connor mentioned, like he, I mean, he's probably got you know uh, it, his contract somewhat incentive based, so he cares about catching touchdowns and stuff like that. But he's made plenty of money. He's been on multiple teams. He's never really been on it. I mean, he has he has what like one playoff win. Like he's yeah. he's going down there to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, he get he understands the deal. Yeah, so I, I think Rudolph. I don't know what his role may be or what they're telling him his role may be. I think he can still play big time, big athlete, big dude. We'll, we'll see what they do. But I want to get back out to the phones. There's a guy, uh, Bruce. I don't know if you can pot up Kobe. Kobe's out in Oregon, I believe. So if we can get him on there, let's see what's happening with an E. K O B E. Nice, Kobe. Yes, How would you sir. spell it? Maybe with an I like the guy from Dude Perfect, right? Or a Y. Yeah. Is that how he does it? Yeah. Kobe with an E. What's up, bud? How are we doing? Good. Keep moving. Like I just got a couple stories I'd like to share with you guys. Let's go, uh, huh? Does the uh, date December 7th, 2020 mean anything to you guys? Pearl Harbor. Uh, well I don't said. know about that one, Connor. Well, the anniversary. Uh, yeah. That's the day Pat came in for the first time wearing his neck brace. And oh. on that day, I actually got hit by a semi-truck and popped oh, no. two of the discs in my neck. So I'd like to thank you guys for all the hours of keeping me entertained when I wasn't able to work or be able to even live my life. Shout Were out you in a car? You for that. Wait a f- yes, I was in a car accident. And a semi hit you and you, man... Yeah, we were going about 35, and he merged into the side of my car, and I had my head turned to switch lanes, and it just ruptured one of my discs and uh, had the one right under it replaced as well. We stay Dang. strong, Cope. It was pretty brutal. 
God damn. Well, uh, yeah, man, that's, that sucks. Good for you. Recovering. You're working now? You good to go? Yeah, I just got a job at a school district. And Hell yeah. Feels good. Not, not good working you, with Kobe. my body all the time. And just, yeah, thank you guys for keeping me keeping me going. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Shout out you, right. dude. Shout out you. <laughs> yeah, shout out, Kobe. Thank you have, you, you, have you. what, you're a Justin Herbert guy? I think Bruce oh, hung up yeah, on he's him. Bruce Jesus, hung up on him. Bruce. Yeah, he had a question. I thought he had a question, but he's out of here Bruce. now. Bruce, Bruce, what was his question? My God. Yeah, did he did he have like the little thing written underneath his name? AJ, did you see? Yeah, he said no? he had a he had a cool like a feel good Justin Herbert story is what it said like a good guy story about Justin Herbert, which I thought let's get as he's, many of those. Justin out there Herbert's having a good time uh, messing around with the cameras at camp, you know, avoiding them. He's he's not a guy who likes to be uh, in front of the camera. No, uh, Bruce it, said that Justin Herbert was really nice to him in high school. Oh, that's nice. Boom. Love that. So he's a Eugene guy. Also, there's a story about Herbert uh, when they showed up to training camp and all the uh, reporters or whatever were waiting at the back entrance because that's where a lot of the players were coming in. And Herbert walked right through the front door like he owned the freaking place. <laughs> is, that how they, is that how they described it? <laughs> I believe yeah. so, yeah. Herbert's awesome, man. He does seem like an awesome guy, doesn't he? Yeah, I love yeah, yeah, team. And I love how he plays football. Yeah. Love it. He's unreal. That, he makes throws that are just shouldn't be possible. Yeah, his arm's crazy. Like he he moves. How many games are they gonna win though? <sighs> I mean, their defense is really good. That entire division, we're looking at we have some of the schedules already mapped out. Shout out Gertie. And Shout out. The AFC West has a primetime game for, like, the first 10 weeks of the season. Like, one of the well, teams, no matter where they're – obviously the first Sunday night football or Monday night football is uh, Russell back in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then I think every single time they play each other, uh, that it's primetime. But that one's so hard to tell. Like Nine and a half is the uh, over-under. Uh, every for, team? On FanDuel. No, for, for the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, I mean, their defense is really good now, too. With J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, are you kidding me? Yeah. Those Wait, are- what about Vaughn Miller? Is Vaughn practicing in Buffalo? Yeah, he's been practicing. He's wearing number 40. He's getting the boys going. He looks good. Those, there's yeah. a lot of those dogs, old defensive dogs that are on uh, Bobby Wagner's yeah. Chargers. Yeah. Or not Chargers, Rams. You're right. Yeah, he signed there this offseason. That makes uh-huh. sense. Yeah, and that was like the only place where they didn't have like an all-pro on yeah. their entire team because they got obviously Donald Ramsey, and then on offense they got Cup and – Allen Robinson, apparently, who apparently very, they love. Yeah. yeah, all the reports out of uh, Rams camp is that Allen Robinson is an absolute dog. Bear down. Who was it? Um, the Bears had some some clips floating around the internet of some nice uh, touchdown passes. Oh, oh yeah, they are hot right now. Besides Lucas Patrick, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Justin Fields did say that he came back a little bit lighter, lost about two percent body fat, so oh, yeah. he's feeling absolutely which, yoked and ready to go. Which I assume he didn't have much to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's like when Kamaro Usman was talking about how he likes to carry a little body fat when he weighs one ninety. I'm like, I don't know if you've seen yourself, Kamaro. I don't see any body fat that you could you could take off. Yeah, to he, lose goes, another 20. he goes from seven percent to three percent maybe yeah speaking of body fat so i was made aware of this from you guys the zion williamson this is this a clause in his contract that he has this weight thing yes this is just like the kyler film clause so but wait we've seen people do have weight clauses like it's usually over d lineman in the nfl but so it 295 right so he is his weight and body fat percentage can't be Above 295. So if he weighs 280 pounds, his body fat's got to be 14% or under, correct? Yes, correct. Yes. Exactly. And if it's 14%, then, you know, that's not that's looking good. 14% is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, he'd be all right. He should He's a not big be old weighing dude. 280 pounds. Like, <laughs> I mean, if, they, if this actually comes out, and again, I love Zion, want to see him play, would like to see him on the court, but, like, this is a massive issue if this is in there then, right? Like, they're legitimately worried about this. 
Well, didn't Barkley have something like this when he was young? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. there, there are. But I feel like it's much more common. It's just because it's Zion that it's such a big deal, and obviously he just got like two hundred million dollars from him, so they have those types of clauses. But I know Trent Brown has it in his clause. He's the left tackle for the Patriots. He has to be under four hundred pounds. Uh, that's one of the clauses he has. I mean, he's like the biggest guy in the NFL. Did you play with anybody who had these or no? Eddie Lacy, Grave Digger. Uh, there's definitely guys. I didn't play with Grave Digger, um, but he was around every BJ? once in a while. Did Raji have one of these? I don't. I don't know if guys had like in their contract, but everybody has a, a max weight, and you get weighed in every single week, and you get fined like nine hundred dollars per pound you're over. And some guys would just say, "All right, man, give me that, give me that fine," and they would weigh five or six pounds over every single week. Pat's talked about it with uh, AQ. How I. I, for his, like he would just eat during the week and, and not eat on like a Thursday or whatever, yeah. right before yeah. do the colonoscopy, do the prep. colonoscopy prep, uh, just to get under for the week. And like, yeah, you want them to be underweight, but also you, if guys are doing stuff like that the week of the game, like a full flush of your system, a lot of guys do that. It's that's it, crazy. It's it, terrible. That's what I'm I try to tell like, people. I try to tell them we need to like stop weighing it. Like if this is the thing, and I believe me, like. I think we'd get weighed in Thursday mornings in Green Bay. And so, like, Wednesday after practice, guys would go into their full, like, UFC weight cuts. Like, the guys that were – and it wasn't always big guys. Other other positions, too. And, they, you know, they would dehydrate themselves and shuffle onto the, to the scale Thursday morning. Hopefully they make their weight and then go eat terrible food and, you know, gorge themselves and then do it all again. It's not a great – not a great, like, thing to, to start, I think, in, in your career. What yeah. was your playing weight, or what was the heaviest you were at during I, your career? I came in the league. I weighed 248 at the Combine. Uh, I thought you needed to be heavy, so I actually drank a good amount of water That's before true. I weighed in. I didn't need to do that. But uh, <laughs> my, I think my max weight that they gave me was probably like 245 and then maybe 240 later on, but I was never over. But I, I came in at like 248. I left my last – Five, six years, I played at like 235. I would say, would you have, obviously, this day and age, would you have probably come in more at 230? Like, two, like could you have done that? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe now I could have. I thought I needed to be bigger uh, coming in. I realized I didn't really have to be, even though it was different. I mean, it's from when I came in, it was probably right because there was still I a lot of big-time fullbacks all around the league. I mean, William Henderson, legend fullback in Green Bay, was in like his 10th or 11th year, my rookie year. I'm banging with him day one of camp. You put pads on as soon as you get there two a days and i'm going against him so maybe it helped me probably hold up a little bit and especially in the you know nfc north back in the day Schlesinger, all these monsters that i was taking on every single week it definitely helped me but now it's it's a different game it is a different game now by, for by sure. the way was this grave digger right here gilbert, gilbert brown? brown yeah this is insane oh yeah yeah Absolutely. how sweet is his visor yeah he was yeah. the man unbelievable who was, was the, so good who was the toughest fullback you think you went up against like lorenzo oh neal there's so many of them. They're, honestly, I, it's hard to pick just one. I've, I've said on here before, some guys just had a, their weird leverage and their height and however their, the hardness of their head and how strong their neck and traps were, they just hit you different. Um, there's definitely – I mean, Minnesota always had guys. I've told you Pittsburgh had guys. Every, I mean, everyone. I mean, I don't Damn really man. ever remember being like, oh, this fullback sucks. We're just going to plow this dude over. Like, that never really happened. You went up against All-Star, right? Remember? Oh yeah. yeah. All uh yeah, his last year I think we played against him, yeah. But what was that like? Did you have to, did you tackle him or I mean the dude was like my <laughs> idol. Are you kidding oh, me? Man. I love watching All Star. I I don't know if I ever man, did we I don't remember what happened if I played him. I really don't. You didn't do a jersey swap with Mike? I never did a jersey swap with anybody. Actually. He may, he may have scored three tuds or something. He may have ran all over yeah. you guys. I can't remember. 
It probably did, honestly. That dude, I mean, you know how, how fun is it to watch highlights of oh. Mike Allstott with his shoulder pads oh, just yeah. running through everybody? It's like were a different the, era. You were still in the league, right? Yeah, you had to have been. When, uh, for the Browns, had Peyton his, Hillis. Peyton Hillis, when Peyton Hillis had his run. Yeah, what was that, like a year and a half run he, he had? Pretty much oh, yeah. cover of Madden. Cover of Madden. Yeah. yeah, for like two years he was the leading rusher. In my did he get hurt or what happened? I think the game just passed him by, you know. Sad that it happened, but that's what it I think he got a nice little contract, though. I'm pretty sure. It was his third year, uh, and he had 1,200 yards, and then he never had more than 500 in any other year of his career. Give him the ball. Hilarious. Yeah, he got signed by the Chiefs, I remember, because my dad was with the Chiefs at the time, and I was super pumped, and he got a bunch of money, and then he didn't play. Like, he played bad. I think he got hurt and ended up getting cut. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, he he really took the league by storm. He was the, legit the cover of Madden, wasn't he? What yeah. Year was oh, yeah. 2010, 11? His, his good nine? year was 2010, so it was probably yeah. Madden 2011. Let's go. Man, just another – man, and what a weird what a weird deal. He came and went so fast. And I, and I'm sure it all started with injuries. Like, whatever his, his lack of production after those couple years, it always happens. Like, you get dinged up, and you're never the same, and I'm sure it was for him. And he was a big dude, like – yeah, he was delivering a lot of he was he was hurting plenty of people when he's running the ball. He's super physical, but you're also he's taking a ton of shots. And when you're a big dude that that is uh, you know bowling everybody over, everyone's got to chop you down low. That would be awful, I well, think, for your knees. I know if I had to go up against him, I'm diving at that dude's kneecaps big time. I don't want to take him up high. Those dudes, like you could always because they're always catching helmets too. Like they had more bruises on their arms than anyone I've ever seen in my life. It's like Gronk. Think of Gronk. Like, oh yeah. I, that's why I would assume a lot of it has to do with how he feels physically. Like I know he's had huge back issues for a long time, but the rest of his body has to feel yeah. brutal. Like the dude catches the ball and he has nine guys bounce off him, and they all have to try to take him low. And he's so damn tall. Like I, that dude, he's a warrior, man. It was fun to watch. Yeah. I, I do hope he comes back. I don't know if he will though. Yeah, I assume he will. But early on, to your point, like a lot of guys would hit him up high, and then you know it wasn't as big of a problem. And then the rule changed, and there was one, you know like a little seam route and tj ward since they changed the rule had to go low and he just obliterated his leg and this was later in the season too but that peyton hill is here like would you describe that time like 2010 11 12 when the league kind of changed into a much more like pass happy like because you had to deal with it more than most yeah i think it definitely started to like spread out they started they what do they, what does McDaniel say? Like they we want to make you use defend the, every blade of grass. Yeah, use like, the space. Yeah, the, the that was going on in college a little bit. You know, like the college offenses where they they started with the gun, like the the gun read option stuff, mm-hmm. where they're getting rid of the ball real quick. Pat White, yeah, yeah. I didn't think that would come to the league like completely, but it has. Like part of it definitely has of spreading people out, being like deceptive, making things look you know the same but from or like making things look different but they're the same plays from different personnel groups and different formations yeah that probably was a time when when things were were starting to change and make things they used to call oh but playing basketball on grass you ever heard that term oh, oh yeah. yeah of oh, course yeah. that's, they probably that's what it ne- is there weren't as uh, nearly as many quarterbacks back then who were like truly dual threat like there are now too there probably weren't as many just elite quarterbacks as a whole either was there no, no i mean I, what peyton brady mark brunel yeah, uh, Big Ben, Joe Flacco. Yep. Far, obviously. Yeah, uh-huh, that was about it, though. Well, but now, a- like, you go down the list, every team, not, every. I mean, not every team is an absolute elite superstar, but there's a lot of big-time talent at the quarterback position, I think, that are going to be stars for the next 10, 15 years. Oh, That's yeah. a, we, we, we talk about it, 
a lot in this office. Like if you just look at the AFC, like the quarterbacks on like, like when you have the Bills, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns, the Colts, the like all these, the whole AFC West, they all, every single team has a good quarterback. Yeah, there's like 10 teams. And like uh, to Dixie's point too, all those good quarterbacks, most of them can do like the read option that wasn't common like you were talking about in like 11 and 12. Like now with Lamar, Kyler, Mahomes, Russ, Watson, Mitch, Kenny, like all Herbert, the, Herbert, Allen, like they can all actually do a read option and not just like sell it. Like they can keep the ball and pick up ten because of the fact that they're so athletic, and they can all sling the rock too. Well, you have Jones. to, you have to at least that you don't have to be a running quarterback by any means, but you have to, the defense has to have that threat that hey, yeah, we we have to have somebody accounting for this quarterback if he does pull the ball. We can't be made to look stupid. I know Peyton did that a few times where he would. It's a running play or whatever, and he keeps it, and he boots a naked boot, and oh, nobody yeah. is there because who's going to honor Peyton as a runner? That's why it worked a few times. Did Cow- you, Cowboys Broncos? Did you? Now I, I know you see it. How how much were you a spy versus uh, an athletic quarterback? I uh, every once in a while um, you would spy, but a lot of times when you need a spy for a guy like Mike Vick yeah. or a guy like Lamar that you don't want him getting outside the pocket, one spy is not going to do it. Like a lot of times, one spy is not going to be able to catch that dude. You want to. It's got to be a whole group effort where you got to hem them in with your, your outside rushers, got to make sure you can't break the pocket. Then that spy has to be super patient and pick and choose when you go. You got to let the, the O lineman be in, get engaged with D lineman and whoever else may be blitzing or whatever running stunts up there. You got to like pick your spot. And you see the guys that are the guys that are really good spies, like there's like an art to I, it, man. You can't panic, you can't freak out and run to the I, back of your D lineman. I feel like it's kind of like the guys that you're talking about that do it really well. It's kind of, kind of looks like a delayed blitz. Yeah, that's what it is basically. You yeah. got because you can't just go. You got to wait and see. Hey, there's going to be something's going to open up here where the quarterback's going to see it. You got to see it like a split second mm-hmm. before the quarterback decides to go and take that. And that's when all of a sudden, boom! You show up. Hopefully, sack, cause fumble, change the game. Well, and how often do you have it where like D linemen are kind of like you mentioned, not rushing and not trying to like break the pocket? Like, how often will like an interior D lineman or even one of the edge guys just like kind of be that spy instead of using a linebacker? Yeah, I mean, when you're facing those mobile quarterbacks, all of the whole front, the whole defense has to be aware of it. Hey, this is our plan. We cannot let this guy out of the pocket. We got to like you've heard of mush rush. Uh, coaches used to say that sometimes where it's like. You're not like you're, you're basically trying to bowl your guy. If you're over the guard, you're trying to bowl him into the quarterback and keep your eyes on the quarterback and not let him get out, not open any inverted like running lanes where he all of a sudden sees some air and boom, he's gone because he's faster than everybody else on the team pretty much. So it, it, it definitely, especially the more and more mobile quarterbacks I think we see, you, you need that. And the Patriots are some of the best ever. And oh, I've yeah. talked to guys that play there. You cannot run past the quarterback in New England. Like if you're an outside rusher, I, from what I gather, they absolutely despise if anyone ever runs past the quarterback and gets above the quarterback, he's just going to step up and sling the ball. And I guess Bill and everyone there is crazy about not going past the quarterback and sitting down. If you if you realize you're the same level, you got to fall back in or try to like bowl into him and, and not let him kind of reverse out. And I think that's it. All starts from there, though. You have to have disciplined dudes because if you peak one time. DN says, oh, I'm in pretty good position. I'm going to peek my head inside this tackle who's guarding me. That quarterback's fast. He sees it. Boom. Reverse pivot. Gone. Like, you're screwed. Yeah, New England, too. Like, they've had studs up front, but they've always had, like, six or seven guys that they're rotating in. So, anytime someone does do that, like, 
they're sitting down for a quarter just because they have so many other guys right behind them to be able to do the exact same job, but except not maybe as effective as like a Will Fork or a Seymour. But also, like, how often do you have to change that? Like, if you're doing the mush rush and that's not and like even if the whole team's doing it perfectly and that's not working, like, do you just start blitzing the guy? Like, what what's the <laughs> else to do? You better be like if your D coordinator can definitely try to dial up some blitzes if you want to flush them a certain way. Like, hey. Right-handed quarterback, don't let him flush to his right because he feels much more comfortable throwing that way. So we may bring a, a blitz from that side to make him flush to the other side because he doesn't throw as well going to his left. That's like basic how you try to flush a guy out of the pocket if you are. But the must-rush thing, it, yeah, it's it's like a game throughout the whole time you're, you're playing because, yeah, you may not be letting the quarterback out, but the dude might be sitting back there and just picking you apart from the pocket if he's that good. And that's what you want to prove. Hey, prove to us that you can beat us throwing from the pocket for four straight quarters because we feel like we're going to force you into a couple bad decisions that are going to turn the game in our favor. And I think that's always the goal. But you know what? There's 22 guys out there. There's refs. There's a lot of things going on. There's a ball that bounces weird. you got to figure it out. It's tough. just got to call as many exotics as you can to confuse the guy, I guess. <laughs> exotics, the amoeba. The amoeba defense, right? Uh, the cloud. Did you ever run that when you were in Green Bay? Cloud? Yeah, everyone's standing up. Oh, is that what they call it there? That's uh, that's what know. you call it. That's what AJ calls the amoeba. Yeah, yeah, he loves the amoeba. amoeba clad, you know. It is cool, man. Third down, I love when guys get creative. Third down, all of a sudden you see, like, play with Julius Peppers for a little bit. Julius was awesome. Sometimes Julius would just be stand Like, if you – if you have you guys ever seen Julius in person? Monster, On I On TV, Monster. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, Julius is one of the most impressive-looking humans I've ever been around, like – Physically, just such a freak, so smooth, wearing sweet Jordan cleats, quiet dude. But when he spoke, everybody listened. Great leader. And I was just so impressed by him. But, like, you could think if you're a center and all of a sudden you, you're sitting there, you're trying to look at the defense, you pop your little head up, and Julius is standing in a two-point right over top of you. Like, what do you do? That would be awful. Yeah, barking and shit. Well, did guys do that? Would well, everyone just be like going crazy during the Amoeba defense? Setup? Didn't LeBeau and, uh, no, and no. your defensive what? coordinator start that? Hey, Dom Capers. Yeah, Dom Capers. Capers and yeah. LeBeau kind of start that? A little bit, yeah. Dom Dom did a lot, especially that 3-4 defense back in the day with the Steelers. And I played for for Dom in Green Bay. I, where is Dom right now? He's coaching somewhere. Is he in Minnesota? Really? I'm not I sure. I know Pettin's in Minnesota. Yikes. Oh, yeah, boy. he is. I don't know. I'm if talking Tom about Capers Minnesota. Okay, so we saw Broncos. a couple of those guys in Tahoe. Thielen, uh-huh. Harrison Smith, who I'm a huge fan. Yeah, let him know that, too, right to his face, how big of a fan I was. And his disguise, <laughs> his pre-snap disguise, it's the first thing I said. I was like, hey, man, I'm just going to let you know. Like, I'm a fanboy for the disguises you have pre-snap. you got to be the best in the business. And Aaron was there, too, yeah. and was telling him about that. And Harrison, great dude. But those guys, they seemed like they have a new lease on life in Minnesota. Like, it seems like everything coming out of there seems super pumped. Super positive. I don't know how many wins do you think that equates to, though. Besides yeah. the GM who does not is not super pumped Come about Kirk Cousins. I was going to say, Quesio Dofo Mensa does not think what you think. But AJ. the rest of the ro- the the rest <laughs> of the roster, or I think the rest, I think the Vikings. They're not, I don't think they're going to challenge Packers unless unless something happens to Aaron or whatever. But uh, easy, easy. What? 
Um, but no, I like I like the Vikings. I said this last week. I think this to me it feels a lot like the year after you know when the Packers fired McCarthy and in came Lafleur, and it was kind of just like they still had all the talent, but you could tell things just had gone sour, and like just that the fresh air that came in it reinvigorated a lot of guys. Like you talk about you know Thielen who yeah. might have like a, one of his best year uh, years ever. Like Kirk obviously is always going to be like that, but they really do have all the pieces to. And especially in the NFC where it's not like, you know, in the AFC, it's like a murder's row every week almost. Like if you if you play well and especially start well, I don't think they'll win the division. I think the Packers will. But I think if they just like don't choke down the stretch, like they have as good a chance as any team in the NFC to make the playoffs. Justin, Justin Jefferson is an absolute fucking dog. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Dalvin Cook, like a healthy yeah. Dalvin Cook. Like Jeez. they've they've got all the weapons if they – you know, it's just crazy. All right, they have every weapon possible. And speaking of weapons, I think we have a weapon on the line here right now, coming live what? somewhere. Where is uh, Zeke? Can you pot up our uh, our fearless <laughs> leader? Where is he? Got him. Here he is. Oh, here we go. What? Here he is, oh, Mr. Hey, Pat McAfee. Oh, looking great. Hey. Oh, it's following. Oh, oh, it's dead. We're good. Oh, I thought it was the camera was following. Yeah. Hey, here we go. Here we go. What's up, Pat? How you doing? Where are you? All right, I'm in the bowels of this arena in Atlanta. How do I sound? I've been sprinting around for the last 20 minutes trying to find a spot that had service Everywhere. and a place for me to sit down. Are we good or are we not good? Looks good. It's good fine. Go, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. Audio good? Yeah. Oh, Sounds like you're in a room. Good. It's good. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Why? I stay away from the quarterback. Is that what we're talking about? I've literally been running around uh, this arena listening to the show. You guys have been doing a great job. I appreciate the hell out of you. Hey, you look good. You look really good. Hey, I wanted to actually, I'm glad you came in now because I wanted to see. I don't know if we have the tweet to pop up. I know you got in a little scuffle with somebody last night on Twitter, as you do at times. Not a scuffle, just a slight disagreement over comments made about this GM for the Vikings. I don't know if we have that, but can you explain what happened to the people? Okay, so Quincy is a stats nerd, okay? That's what he is. He went to Princeton. He's a nerd. He came out and actually said, like, I might not know football as well as other GMs, but they don't know math like me. I think this is exactly what he actually came out and said, like, their worst thing is my best thing, and my worst thing is much better than their worst thing. Okay, so I learned a lot about Quincy. Immediately upon that said, okay, so this guy views himself as a numbers guy. This is a numbers guy. Let's not worry about the football. Fuck it. Let's not do that. Let's just do it with the numbers, okay? I got respect for that. And this whole thing obviously started because Questy came out and said, hey, this quarterback that we have, I know this is my first year as GM. I know it's the first day of training camp. And I know this is a quarterback that has been buried by everybody since he fucking got into the NFL. Drafted behind RG3. Had to sit behind the RG3 experience in Washington, which every expert that's ever come out has said, life is fucking terrible over there. So Kirk is now in the Minnesota Vikings. Him and Zimmer did not get along. I think that's kind of like how everybody sees it. Now we got a new GM, new head coach. Offensive coordinator head coach. Guy loves quarterbacks. This is good news for Kirk Cousins, right? Wrong! The GM's going to come out and say, hey, we ain't got Tom fucking Brady, do we? No, no, we ain't got Patrick Mahomes, do we? No, we ain't got Aaron Rodgers, do we? No, we ain't got Matthew Stafford, do we? No, we ain't got fucking Matty Ryan, do we? No, we ain't got, we ain't got Nick Bowles, do we? No, we ain't got any, We got Kirk fucking Cousins. So, we... You, 
me, anybody else that's ever played a team sport before, has been in the NFL before, goes like, hey, probably not, you know, like the soundest thing a general manager can say about a quarterback on his own team. Now, is that a fact what he said about Kirk Cousins not getting those guys? Yes. Never disagreed with that. We understand. But we are pundits. We are stooges. We are not in the building. The GM of the team, the one who sets the tone for the team, the gatekeeper for the team, the one who's deciding where the team is going to go, coming out and burying the quarterback day one, I don't think that's a good move. But what happened was, you know, because one of them, stats nerds, is now in a position of power, all, all the stats nerds have to come to his defense. You know what I mean? Sure. And Kevin, this, this guy from PFF, Kevin, who I did not know existed, and we all learned immediately he's never played in a team sport in his life before, he puts a tweet says something along the lines of, like, uh, questions learning a lesson about, even though you said an indisputable fact, you don't want it to go to the NFL media. First of all, thank you for calling us NFL media, because most people just call us a bunch of dumbasses on the fucking internet. Oh, yeah. Very nice of you. Thank that you. was a compliment. I should have taken that as a compliment. Should have taken that as a compliment. But follow-up, like, it's not, it's not because it made it in the media that it was a bad fucking thing. Like, it was a bad thing because you're trying to build a goddamn team. You're right? running That's the team. You're the guy running the team. Yes. You can't tear your players down publicly like that. Can't. Privately, by the way, you can. Negotiations, yeah, you, you can. You and me can say this, but fucking publicly, the general manager who's accomplished nothing as a general this motherfucker has no wins, no losses as a general manager. So him coming out and saying this, it's like, oh, you're kind of out of pocket here. He's come out and said, I need to say less. But PFF Kevin, you know, nerd guy, <laughs> stats guy, taking a stand for him. Then there's this other PFF guy, which we know is the Stats Super Bowl. Shocker. It's like the Stats Squad, Shocker. which we appreciate. Another guy comes and goes, oh, so it does things on love to put a little fire under Kirk. I'm like, oh, so this fucking math nerd's not a motivational speaker? That's what this fucking guy's doing? Okay. So he just, I, I had a little bit of a... A little bit of a thing, a tip with the stat starts this morning, just because, hey, just like, for instance, if a kicker or punter ends up in the news, I'm not necessarily just going to go to bat for them. I'd like to hear what it is and decide whether or not it's right. For instance, Josh Lambeau is suing somebody because he got kicked, okay? I will never go to bat for that. If a man kicks you, you fucking kick him back. You don't sue him. So you never heard me talk about that entire thing. Right, so it's, I think the stats people feel like no matter what, we got to go to bat for stats, folks, and that's why this morning I was like, no, you, you motherfuckers have never been on a team before in your life. You punched team nines and you've done these uh, maybe twenty-four contests, and I would have beat you in a, in elementary school and all these other things. Like, I don't need it. I don't need it. It's basically where I was at. But it's a feel-good Friday. We need to move on. AJ, <laughs> thank you for allowing me to broach that subject. I I think I'm glad you did because I saw this play out online with you and i'm like yeah why what first off the the comments i just want to know what was the intent behind the comments you think from from the gm for the vikings questy like did he was he just not thinking or was he did he have some kind of like okay this is going to light a fire under kirk which you could do that but say it to him one-on-one -on -one in the building by the way questy's going to be a motivational speaker for his team he's like bear bryant a badass oh, okay yeah. maybe we need just hey we're learning too right we're learning too but, you know, I think the purpose and the point of him saying that was he has no fucking idea what he's doing in the position that he's doing yet. He'll figure it out, right? Or he's trying he's to make excuses, though. 
Is he but trying to make an excuse in case it doesn't go well? Is he trying to like make a pregame excuse to say, hey, oh. if we don't win a bunch of games, you know, we don't have Patrick Mahomes, we don't have Aaron Rodgers. Is that what he's trying to do? Well, if you got a defeatist attitude as GM in the first year, I mean, that ain't fucking what you want in any way. I just heard Diggs, I heard Diggs just chime in there and say self-handicapping, and Diggs said that yesterday, and that would make sense, but that ain't the fucking GM. I, okay. The GM I want is the guy that's going to self-handicap first day on the job is going to win a game. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I just, my biggest issue is the stats community is vital to the NFL community at this stage. We are thankful for them. Very, very thankful for them. But also, the self-awareness level for a lot of them feels very low. Motherfuckers that have never been on a team before have no idea what it means to have camaraderie and chemistry. And not necessarily the fastest guys and the quickest guys are going to make the best team. Sometimes there's, you know, a soul in the human. Because this isn't a fucking video game, you know? It's an emotional game, too. Every play is super yeah. emotional, too. Yeah, so that's why I got all human. But... We're past it. You know, we're past it. Kevin put a follow-up tweet to somebody else asking why I attacked him so much. I didn't even think I attacked him that much. I mean, I guess past nerds have never been buried. Yet again, he's never been in a team sport, right? So, like, that just proves even more. So, he came out and said, um, I think he said, we'll see who's right and who's wrong. It's like, you're wrong. What the fuck are you even talking Like, yeah. It's not like a we'll see thing. It's like, a, yeah, Kirk Cousins... He won't say it publicly because Kirk Cousins has been in team sports before. Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of that team, leader of that team, and happy to do it. Kirk Cousins didn't come out and say, like, yeah, the GM on day one saying I ain't shit, not great. Like, Kirk Cousins is going to take the high road. You know what I mean? That's what the fucking guy's going to do. We just would hope that the stats community would understand that just because he's a stats person in a position of power doesn't mean you have to go to bat for every fucking thing that he does because that would be just out of pocket and out of line, especially in this situation. I think that would be a good GM, by the way. I think the numbers is a big part of being a GM these days with the salary cap tricks. But don't be coming after me for pointing out the obvious that, hey, that's a fucking stupid thing to say as a GM in the first year. I, I just didn't like it. Anyways, feel good, feel good Friday. It is. Hey, feel good Friday. Who's got to be feeling good right now about their team, about everything? The Arizona Cardinals. I haven't spoke to you since the addendum was removed from Kyler's contract. We're good now, right? We wipe our hands clean of it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. What? Well, it's like it never happened, right? Oh, Zach Brown. Hey, we were at the Zach Brown concert last night. The entire office was there. Concert was great, by the way. Concert mm -hmm. The venue. Where? It's called Ruoff. It's a it's a great amphitheater here in Indiana. I've been going to it for ten years or whatever. Haven't been in years. One particular suite that we bought sold sold two suites. So I mean, just double booking a suite that's tough. You know, what I mean, that's tough. And then Wait, uh, you bought just, two suites and you thought you bought one. Well, we bought four suites actually. Only ended up with two because a couple of them were double booked. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just. Uh, the process of getting there, nightmare. I assume it's not Ruoff's fault, but I mean, surely felt like it. It was. We, we get in there, though. We get in there, though, having a good time. Zach Brown kills it. At one point last night, I looked on the stage, six guitars, two fiddles, a three-piece horn setup, two backup singers, two drummers, and uh, a fiddle, and uh, one of those fucking... Uh, Tambourine. Tambourine. They got like 15 people. It looks like an orchestra. They're just crushing. Okay, crushing, crushing, crushing. Trying to figure out when to leave. 
Wednesday was a whole thing too. There was one point where it's like we should probably get out of here. They're probably done soon, and the decision was made. Well, let's depend on what the next song is. If the next song is a song we know, we'll stay. If it's not, we'll leave. Connor, what song came on immediately after that? I mean, the devil went down to Georgia and it brought the house down. <laughs> and we fucking stay, right? Here we go. Yeah, I mean, it's just. In Georgia right now. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> with the devil Watch Corbin. So what did that have to do with uh, Kyler? Anyway, so while we were there, this came through. Like, we were all at this concert having a good time. Nick was way too high. That fucking guy should not make as many edibles as he could. Oh, Connor, Connor was screaming, bouncing around, having a good time, uh-huh. dancing. As if it was techno a couple different times. Oh, yeah. He was feeling it. Uh-huh. Nick's and his wife having a good time. I mean, it was good. It was great. We're all in there. And then I think Junk sent the text in, or maybe Bruce sent the text in. We all looked at it, and I felt us all. Hit the middle of the song. Might have been fucking chicken fry. Might have been playing chicken fry. And we all just stopped, looked at each other, and were like, this isn't going to make it better. That's not, I mean, this isn't the right You're shining a light on thing. it. What? They're shining, even though, yeah, they took it out. You're giving it more pub, though, by coming out. Oh, we didn't understand this distraction. We got to remove it now. Like, okay, but it, damage is done, bud. It's already been out there. Well, listen to what Connor's take is. Connor, what do you think now? What do, what do you think <laughs> now about Kyler after this whole thing? Well, I mean, I just think, you know, I don't want to use the exact words, but I think it might have been a little bit of a soft move to take it out instead of just saying, like, hey, I'm going to watch yeah. four, five, six, seven, twenty hours of family each week. It got worse for Kyler, I think. When we didn't think it could get worse. We think it. I think it got worse by this, and I know what the Cardinals are thinking. It was probably from the owner. It's probably from the owner. Has to be. Yeah. Probably from the owner being like, "Hey, this is not how we want to do business with our quarterback. He's obviously offended. The way things are being said about our operation, our organization, we got to change this or whatever." I just, I don't, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't think it got better, but we will move on, and I hope Tyler goes on to fucking superstar him even more. Wow. That's right. Here we go, Pat. That's our heart out here. We'll see you back on Series XM in, in eight minutes. <laughs> nice. Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> there we go. Here, run YouTube. Yeah, they're going to double on Series. How's it going down there, man? Bro, I was really, I just sprinted through this whole fucking arena. I look like Wilkins running through. Is that where the, the Hawks play? Yeah. State it's, Farm? Yeah, State Farm. It's beautiful. We won, uh, lost a basketball game down here. Vince Carter. And uh, uh, Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. Kitty Boy was here. Yep. Little Baby was here. Uh-huh. Big Boy was here. You sent us chairs, too, by the way. Dub Baby. Big Boy's chairs, yeah. I drank his Big Boy, Big Budweiser. What? Right. Really? You said, were you on, were you courtside? Yeah. Dominique Wilkins was there, too. Really? Big, big, big playing? No, well, he was just saying hello. Vince was still playing, though. There was, like, a good three-minute segment of the first half where it was the Vince Carter show. Got subbed in. He was fed the ball every time. He had a couple of fades. I think he hit a dunk. It was awesome. I was like, all right, here we go. Here's the show. And then he sat back out. Giannis was there. He's massive. But this is a very nice arena. It is just impossible to find anywhere that's quiet at this particular time of a WWE day. Yeah, I would, I would imagine there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on there. So you, you have SmackDown tonight, and then you go to Nashville tomorrow? Uh, tonight. I think I'll, I'll probably fly in there tonight. And then Nissan Stadium, sold-out stadium, outdoors. Do you have any idea on the weather? Have you checked? 
What? What if it rains? The the ring will be covered, right? If it rains, that'd be kind of sweet. If you had like a rain match. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know any of the ins and outs on that, but I do believe rain was in the forecast. I think it's kind of falling off a little bit. It should be a great night in Nashville tomorrow evening. Uh, I think I was invited to Titans training camp tomorrow too. Should I go? Do it. Yes. Probably. Rick Flair was there yesterday, right? Who? Rick Flair was there yesterday, I think. Woo! I'm uh. Wait till I see Braves. I'm fucking. Do it. Right here. Ball tap. <laughs> Give him a ball tap. Hit him in the balls. Right in front of all the boys, too. Just to fucking, hey, go Colts. He'll kill you oh. right there. He will kill you in front of his team. Imagine grabbing my neck. <laughs> <laughs> and just pushing you off the field by your neck. Uh, what else? I want to talk about something else. I want to talk DK? about something else. Yeah, DK or what? Hey, did you talk to Schultz? Did you get to bottom that? Is he the only insider for Seattle? It sure seems Sounds like he like talks it. to Cliff as well. Like he, everywhere out there, he's, he's the, the guy. That division, I feel like he's that's him. It's a pretty good little in. Yeah, great division to be an insider in too. Yeah. Well, it's just a good in too. Like, you guys drink coffee? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. We didn't know. We just assumed you did. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just wondering if you wanted to tell me some stuff. <laughs> Kelsey Guardian Cap? Jason Kelsey's a fucking legend, uh-huh. dude. Did you see that? Hey, G, uh, somebody else came out against it. I forget. Maybe CJ? JJ no offense, dude. No offense. There it was. No offense. Everything you said, basically. Like, hey, this is uncomfortable. It's heavy. It's fat. It's big. I look stupid. I've been playing football for 30 years. I never had to have it. Dr. Allen Sills. Lives by the research and study, though. He says he's helping the world out, so I can respect that. But there's no OGs that are ever going to be like, yeah, you can change everything that I do, uh, basically, and it's going to be okay. You know, like, this, this is the process, because the younger guys are already using it in college. This is just like when the strike zone thing happened. Like, the old guys who were taught to play football with hairline to jaw, literally taught that, incentivized by that, highlights were shown by that. Then they were told, hey, hey, heads up, head up, like this, hit with your face, and then tackle up here. There's a bunch of old guys, AJ, Harrison, we all stopped. They're like, hey, fuck you. But then these young guys grew up in this heads up football. It's just like naturally and easier. I think the same thing for the Guardian Caps. There's always going to be like a transition phase, but I'm going to enjoy it every time. When a guy puts fucking bubble wrap on the outside of it, I'm going to laugh at that every single time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, when he's openly just mocking it in front of everybody and he's – a guy that's a cornerstone of your franchise and will be forever as a legend. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And and the guy can still play. I don't know if you saw that. I commented. We, we played the clip on here. I came on. It was a great rep. Even though he had bubble wrap on, whatever, great feet, great drive, hand placement, beautiful, like nice pop. Like He still has it. He's going to have a great year. I mean, why don't we – we should do that. Put the bubble wrap on top of it every day, but game day. It's called the Jason Kelsey Clause. Let's stay safe. No C-T-E because nope. of K-E-L-C. I mean, that is <laughs> – I like that. You know what? Like co- you know what coaches are going to say though. They're going to count how many bubbles popped on your helmet at the end oh, of practice and go, "You yeah. weren't going fucking hard enough today." You see him? This fucking guy, no bubbles popped. Get him off the fucking team. Get him out of here. Cut him. Look at this. Boom. Low man. Good drive. It's amazing because um, he carries his weight so well. Kelsey. Mm-hmm. He's like two seventy. I don't know how much he weighs, but being like when a guy is that, I don't know how tall he is, but he is like, he's so quick. You've seen him like when they run screens and Kelsey's run a four three 
85 yards down the field like that. There's so many clips of that. But when you combine that with how just cock strong this dude is, like he's one of those dudes, if you if he gets his hands on you and he was not going to hold you, his hands are inside. It's not holding. Good luck. You can chop all you want. That guy's not going anywhere. He's a leader. He can move. Right. He has incredible hand placement and leverage. He knows leverage really, really well. Yeah. Right. I wonder if he wrestled. Did he wrestle? I assume. Feels like it, right? Everybody says he was undersized because Chip Kelly was using him to get out there. Then he's transitioned to like four different offensive coordinators now and been a pro bowl through all of them. And it's because what, AJ? What, say? That he's a monster? No. Where's he from? Well, he is from Ohio. Correct. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm out of here. I'm fucking fucking done with Ohio people. (laughs) What is that? I walked in here. There's three... WWE has a lot. Believe it or not, there's a lot of Ohio guys. Carrying cameras, doing the whole thing. Oh, good. Yeah, good, gritty, gritty guys. guys. Yeah, blue collar people. Some of the other people, people that I talk to every single time I come here, obviously people I enjoy. They're from Ohio though, so they're, you know, Ohio people. Um, so you have to treat them as such whenever you're talking to them. But every single time they're like, "What's AJ up to?" I'm like, "All right, enough <laughs> with your little Ohio talk." I would love to see how mad you would get if someone actually asked you that. No, they do. I don't get mad. I always go, "All right, enough with your little fucking, you know, cosplay." Who's your god, AJ Hawk stuff? That's what I. I have to I give you credit. Good. I give you credit for the Ohio stuff. I never thought of the Ohio thing until you started bringing it up. Well, here's a fucking Ohio guy. Right Literally, an Ohio guy just fucking walked in right here. Adrian's on here, if you'd like to say. They're everywhere, this man. This is a fucking Ohio doofus oh, just no. walked in here now. This is Grogan. Grogan. All right, Grogan, what's up, man? Hey, what's, hey, you and I met a long time ago. Yeah, Where at? You remember AJ? Uh, AJ, come on. Oh, I remember AJ. He played at Ohio State. I was working at the ABC affiliate with Clay Hall and Anthony Rothman. You remember that AJ? He's fucking bad guy. Wow. Yeah, of course yeah. I do. He's still on his letter the game. Yeah, I still talk to Clay and Anthony Rothman. Wow. Yeah. Oh, not Grogan, though. Wow. 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 Oh, and, and I was at the, uh, the Fiesta Bowl when I had to uh, shoot your lovely wife with the two jerseys on. For ABC Sports. Oh, yeah. This there is the you guy. go, man. Good for you. What are you doing there now? Are you going to get in the ring tomorrow night with this guy? No, I got I to gotta stay away from him. He might get me hurt. That's right. Oh. Well, he's got a neck brace in case you have a T3, T4 situation. He'll let you wear his wall. Hey, I'm just a lowly camera guy. That's it. You guys do great work, man. I mentioned the WWE camera work. The, just how you shoot it, No, I don't know how you do that, honestly. It's, it's awesome. Said that. It's incredible. Yeah, and they're also on the road all the fucking time. This jackass, obviously, from Ohio. They're Go from Blue! He's a Michigan fan. Oh, wow. Eat oh, 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 that, AJ. Oh. <laughs> they need fans. That's okay. Uh-huh. They need fans. That's okay. Oh. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Hey, this isn't the 80s and 90s anymore. This isn't the 80s and 90s anymore. Oh, shit. Hey, same Ohio people, though. You know, yeah. In the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s, what? Ohio people have remained the exact same. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole world well, is changing, but Ohio. Are you a Pennsylvania person or are you a Pittsburgh person? I'm a Pittsburgh guy. Hell yeah. Same thing, right? Nope. Not, no. a, not the same. All right. I'm out of here. Thank you. Have a great show. All right, go get him, Pat. Hey, good luck. Come on. Come on. Is Baron there tonight? Is Baron Corbin there tonight? I'm not sure. I don't know. Probably not because he's a big pussy. Yeah. Say that tonight. (laughs) Can't on Fox. I'll say something like it. I saw a local TV commercial the other day. 
Yep, sit back down. Guy's name was Bob Roarman. Oh, yeah. Live next to him. And he has a lion. He has a lion at Roarman, you know, because his name's Bob Roarman. Uh-huh, and then at the end, he says, a pussycat on price. I'm like, so I can say pussycat. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Pussycat dolls. Yeah. So Bob Roarman taught me that tonight I am certainly calling Baron Corbin a big, fat, Pussy cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys tomorrow. Goodbye. Have a great week. Right. Please welcome Josh Sitton. Thank you. Hey, Josh. What's up, City? What's up, boys? Where are you? What up? Uh, on a golf course in uh, Hammock Beach, Florida. Oh, look at you. You look good, City. Can you hear us all right? Oh, yeah. You're great. Oh, now you look great. Now you look really good, City. City, how much do you weigh now? Way too much. <laughs> but you're not though. You're not too much. You're all you're you're too hard on yourself. I was with you at that old Takatari's wedding. You you look great, but you're always saying, "Oh man, I should be in decent shape. I should be in better shape." You you look great. Well, I lost like sixty or seventy pounds when I retired, and then put about half of it back on. So mostly wow. muscle though. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know, we know. City, it looks good. But I and, wanted to ask you about Kyler Murray, City. You have any uh, thoughts on that whole addendum? Do you know what's going on with him? The four-hour uh, study addendum in his contract that actually was removed. Yeah, listen, don't sign a guy if you got to do something like that in your contract. No question, don't sign the guy. And here's my thing on quarterbacks: don't ever sign a guy to a two hundred thirty million dollar contract if he's not a top seven guy. And Kyler's a, you know, he's a ten top ten guy. Maybe ish ten eleven. What do you think about his? Old. What about it? they think Kyler's like ceiling though? You know the potential because the guy can do crazy stuff. His ceiling may be super high though, right? No, I mean I don't think so. Anytime a quarterback is under six foot, I just I don't think they're I don't think they can win Super Bowls in NFL. I mean, look at what two Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. I mean, that's it's very very hard to do. So I just I don't know. I don't see it. If I was a GM, I would. Y'all go ahead. If I were a GM, I'm not. I'm not signing a guy to that contract unless he's a top six or seven guy. Like no question about it. No, I'm, and I'm. I'm trying to draft a quarterback in the first round every year. Every single year, you would. Every year. Look at the last twenty Super Bowls. Fifteen of them are won by top five, top six quarterbacks. It's so much harder to put a good team around a guy as opposed to building your team around that guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so hard to build 53 good guys compared to just literally every year go after a quarterback. That's what I'll do. Yeah. But, and, and so your time in Green Bay City, I, I know it's it's different there now. It definitely seems – I know just physically it looks different. Everything they build up around the stadium, all of that. What was it like there playing for, for Big Mike McCarthy and – and everything there. And I know you had James Campen, who's a, a known legendary offensive line coach. Like is Green Bay is very different than every other organization, I feel like, in a lot of great ways. Like what was your time like there? Yeah, the the biggest difference, you know, having played in two other places, the only thing that mattered in Green Bay was winning. You know, what I mean that's everything they built, everything that they put inside the stadium Everything from the fan experience to the player experience was all about us winning. That's all they cared about. It didn't matter 
they didn't care about their profit and loss statement like most teams do. And that's the advantage of not having one owner that is a businessman. So, you know, Mark Murphy and the board, as opposed to one guy in charge, and that one guy's normally about making money. And you make money in the NFL by winning 10 or 11 games every year. So our objective was always to win 12 games and go to the Super Bowl. So yeah. that was the biggest yeah. difference. And it was an unbelievable time. Hey, let me hit the shot real quick. Oh, let's see it. Can you hold your? You're gonna hold the phone while you're hey, doing Ryan, it. Hey, will you come hold this? Yeah. Who are you playing with? Yeah. <laughs> this course looks really nice too, City. Yeah, gorgeous. God, I'm hammered drunk right now. Too. <laughs> you handle yourself Absolutely pretty well. Hammered drunk. <laughs> how many? How many drinks do you think you've had? Probably only like two or three, right? Um. Ten. Okay. Probably, probably ten or so. What are you drinking now? Like uh, some hard seltzer? <laughs> High noons and now uh, Tito's and uh, and and seltzer. Uh, it's good. And then we're gonna get a walk and talk here. Here we go, City. Set. Make sure you get a good setup here. Oh, is that? Your, oh, I thought he had some like alignment things behind him. Nice. City's an athlete, now. Nice wide open. We're getting a live look. Thank you to your buddy for filming this. Gorgeous course. What's the club selection? Looks like Gosh. a maybe. Five? Four iron. Look at that. Useful. Look at the hands. Wow. Useful. Soft touch. Like Guy's an athlete, not a mathlete. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a Tahoe? Hammer drunk athlete right now. <laughs> That's right. Hey, City, what would you do if uh, I know the uh, Jensen, the, the center for the Bucks, got hurt first day of camp, which obviously <laughs> sucks? Why hey, are you laughing? My, buddy, my buddies are all Bucks fans that are here right now. They live in, in St. Pete and Tampa. Oh. They say, hey. What are the odds you'll go to Tampa right now and play center? I yeah. said 100, 100%. I go play for Tom. Oh, it'd be awesome. Have you ever played center? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, y'all got to watch me play. Sorry. You can do it. City, oh, what's up, bud? City would have to change pants probably four times a game due to the amount of sweat he has, though. Yeah, Brady wouldn't like that. He always brings like four different pairs of uh, golf shirts and shorts every time we golf. To a golf round? Oh, yeah, every time. All right, we'll watch this. I don't know. Uh, what's your name, bud? Davis. <laughs> Davis, right, what's uh, what city shooting today? What's the stint meter right now? He, he shot a forty on the front. Now he's just too shit based, and he's like on pace for like a fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a normal round. Yeah, it's a, yeah, pretty much. Sounds like a run-of-the-mill round for you, city. Oh yeah, 40, 55, baby. <laughs> I'll take Hopefully, it. people don't people aren't going to puke watching watching this uh, so much movement. I know we're doing a walk and talk. This is great. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. You know, I I wish I was sitting at home in the office doing nothing but i'm out here on a boys trip having a horrible time oh we are you in the middle of a trip it's like a golf weekend yeah we played uh sawgrass yesterday and we're playing um hammock beach conservatory course today and then the ocean course saturday and sunday okay hey i don't know if you know boston connor he's got a question for you he's in the studio there he'll he's got something for you What's up, yeah, Con? Josh, with the uh, Kyler contract, going back to that, even though you know it's already been signed and everything, what's the like offensive line reaction to the film meeting? Just because you know, obviously, you guys had to watch a lot of film when you were in the league too. Yeah, if I see that out of my quarterback, I am absolutely pissed. Um, you know, something I learned from Aaron watching that guy from a young age. Throughout his entire career, day one of training camp, day one in OTAs, whatever, doesn't matter. The guy's sitting back there taking notes and watching more film than anybody. He told me on a Wednesday one time, 
He said, if you're bitching about the plays on Wednesday and the install, because that's your install day, you're putting all your plays on Wednesday. If you're bitching about it on Wednesday, you shouldn't be because the coaches and the true players are there on Monday and Tuesday helping them put that game plan together. And I was like, damn, like that's our stud $50 million quarterback who's there on a Monday and a Tuesday night putting in the work. So that's how you're supposed to be. Like that's the – you're paying a guy $230 million, that's what you expect out of him. So, if I'm not getting out that out of that guy, then, no, I'm pissed. I don't like that one bit. Like, not at all. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what – I would assume the rest of the team, if they had any idea that this was going on or he wasn't doing that, they – now that this comes out and it's public, now everyone – like, I would assume the players are getting asked about this from the media, even though they took it out of the, the contract now. But it doesn't matter. It's already out there. Now when every player has to answer for something like this, that's what gets annoying, I think, for every other guy. Yeah. And they go and retract it, quote unquote. Like that just makes it worse. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> leave it alone, guys. You it's already like did if it. you, city, if you were like, falsely accused of something, say you were falsely accused, and they said wow. Josh Sitton, Josh murdered a guy. The headlines <laughs> out there, but you didn't murder the guy. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of people that think yeah. you're a murderer. Yeah, you're retracting it on page nine instead of page one. Yeah, of course. Who's going to win the Super Bowl this year, city? Somebody from the AFC. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the AFC is ridiculous. Um, you got probably five teams, five, six teams that could probably win. Denver, right? Denver, Russ maybe, is out there. Maybe two, maybe two from the <laughs> NFC. Did you see Russ in his jersey in his truck? No. <laughs> you didn't? He, came, he showed up. To, you know, Aaron showed up as Cameron Poe from Con Air. Russ wore yeah. his own jersey, some Team 3 gear in this truck that I think you may like. That's a good move for us. <laughs> well, you know, like, I think it's going to be good. Denver, Denver is going to be sweet. Yeah, he's the number one. They are. Show. They are. Russ is just kind of a dork, you know. But it's cool. <laughs> Fair. It takes. You know, there's leadership takes go all Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. How many times are you going to say go Bronx this year? Ten thousand, maybe. We'll see. Well, it depends how many wins they get, man. Yeah. They might get a ton of wins. But also, Vaughn Miller's out in Buffalo. That's an AFC team that should probably have a good chance to win it all, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love those guys. I love Can Josh Allen. Guys, guys, a player. Josh should have been in the AFC Championship, but obviously their uh, special teams coordinator screwed them by not squibbing that kick mm-hmm. in yeah. probably the greatest game ever, I, w- I would think. But, yeah, that was that was stupid. That's but they're, uh, they're a really, really good football team. That'll be fun to watch. What about Bob Miller? You think he still uh, has plenty left in the tank? Have you ever you ever come up against him and had to try to block that dude? I know you're a guard. He, he's usually rushing the edge. Yeah, a couple times. We played him in um, 2011 and occasionally on a stunt and stuff. But, you know, when they're moving like that, they're kind of easy to block. Um, but, he, you know, he's still got a little bit of juice in the tank. You, you could tell that his deal was very front-end lo- or back-end loaded. So, like, he, it's really not a $130 million deal or whatever. But, he'll, you know, he'll he'll be worth it, I would think. He'll get him, you know, 10-plus sacks, I would think. He's still okay. got that. And he's an awesome, dude. Guy yeah. loves to go hunting. Fishing, love that guy. It's a chicken farmer, isn't he? Like he has like his own chicken farm. Oh, I thought you were saying something else. Chicken, other f word. No, no, never, never. City, you All know right, that. Hey, I got a tee off. Hold on, let me let my buddy grab it. Oh no, you're good. I got to You can answer. I'm gonna my last question as you're hitting your shot. It'll be perfect. It'll be great. You're like Phil right. Mick. You know, Phil Mick always talks to the camera too. Hey, what do you think about live golf? You gonna try to join? <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I love it. Pay him and let him go. Like I don't know why everybody. Everybody's bitching about it. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I'll tell you what, you do a good job of keeping City in frame, too. He's centered. It looks yeah, good. This is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. 
got you guys are fancy. What a nice yeah, course. Right, right front you, over there, out in front. Hey, we well, yeah, City can hear me, right? City, what uh is is uh, Adam Gase just misunderstood? I know you played for him in Miami. <laughs> He's an absolute psycho. <laughs> but I love him. Love the guy. In a good way, you mean, right? During the season. Then what is I mean, he? He just not like. Does he not Mollett. like the media? Gosh, you see that that oak tree out there? With now the, watch uh, me hit this drive. <laughs> you want second bunker, Josh? That second one. Second bunker. Hit a little baby fade. This is playing about four eighty today. Yeah. Ooh, let's see it. Left to right. Ooh. Ooh. Hold it. Oh yeah. That'll play. Quick pickup. Twirl. See ya. Yep. He likes it. He's got it. Line. Ooh, oh no! Oh, triggling. No, it stayed up. It stayed up. It's in the another birdie. Of course, it stayed up. I, I rule. <laughs> another birdie. City. Ty Schmidt has one final question for you before you let you get back to your round. Ty, what's up? Yeah, Josh. You mentioned that you'd consider going back and absolutely playing for Tom uh, after you retired. Is there any point where you're like wishing around this time that you'd be going back, or is it a lot easier when you're playing golf to like when you retire, just be like, all right, fuck it, I'm done. This is nice. I I did everything I'd set out to do in the league. That's a good question. It took about two years. Um, the first time I really missed it was about two years out. And I remember my buddy, uh, Fred Robbins, who played for a long time, Pensacola guy, he said, look, first two years, you're going to do whatever the hell you want. And then you're going to be like, damn, what do I do now? And he was he was dialed in. He was spot on with that. It took about, about two years, I was like, damn, I really miss it. And I don't, I don't ever miss it on Sunday. Ever uh, actually, I miss it like during training camp and during during like the practice. Like, those those are the best times for me, which I know sounds weird, but like it's just something about being in the locker room with the guys, all football. You don't got to worry about anything else. You got to worry about real life. You know, football's not real life; it's just a game. And we got to make it. So I definitely miss it and miss the guys. Miss guys like AJ. We uh we had a damn good time at our uh, time. Of- yeah, we did. City, hey, we're, we're going to let you get back to your round. We really appreciate you, man, especially in the middle of this golf weekend with your boys and your fancy golf courses. So enjoy it. I'm sure you guys can go to some sweet steakhouse and get some fancy wine for dinner. Like, you're such a grown-up now. We, 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 we did Bruce Chris last night. Felt yeah, real busy yeah. about it. Look at you. I'm sure you'd probably wear a tux tonight. So, City, thanks so much, man. Everyone, please thank you to Josh Sitton. We really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank appreciate it. Woo! There we go. He, I mean, awesome. hey. We made it work on the course with him, honey. Yeah, he got did. what two or three shots. We got to see him putt. We got to see a little bit of his game. Yeah, he had a couple big time hacks. I didn't yeah. know he had soft hands like that around the green either. City's a guy. I'm sure. I don't know for sure if he played high school basketball, but he's a guy that can play everything. He's one of those O linemen where people would be surprised at how athletic he is because he has great feet, great hands. Yeah, he's just an all around athlete. Does he drink? I don't think so. This may be the first time he's tried it. Yeah, I mean, any, anybody who can put down 10 Tito's, Tito's sodas and still be, you know, with Pretty it. functioning. Yeah, absolutely. Seemed pretty good dog. to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they said he was pacing for 55, too, so they're probably on, like, 13 right yeah. now. I don't think they're, you know, they got if he six holes left. If he wouldn't have told us that he was hammered drunk, I wouldn't have known. No, no idea. No. No, I wouldn't either. And I've seen City at different levels of that. He's he handles it very, very well. But digs, yeah. What was that, Con? Go, go, Con, real quick. I don't cut you off. You've seen him at different levels than that. You can elaborate. But no, Diggs, what's up? (laughs) No, Diggs has a giveaway. I know we're gonna do a. a, You got to come up with a hashtag, Diggs, and we got to come up with a giveaway for everybody. Yes. Okay. Because uh, we do giveaways on Friday. Of course. Uh, It is Friday. That's right. Mm -hmm. This week, the hashtag is hashtag bum ass 
Corbin. Ooh. Okay, that's hashtag B U M A S S C O R B I N. Hashtag bum ass Corbin. Uh, as you know, Pat is has a match with Corbin tomorrow night. SummerSlam. Beat his ass. Nashville, Tennessee, eight o'clock on Peacock. What? Uh, all right. So hashtag bum ass Corbin. B U M A S S C O R B I N. Make sure you put your hashtag in the tweet. Just send our fearless leader some words of encouragement for yeah. his match this week. Some words, or for this weekend, some words of motivation for his match this week, and let him know what he's going to do to hashtag bumass Corbin. Uh, we'll pick 10 winners for $500. That's hashtag bumass Corbin. Put your cash tag in there. Send Pat some words of motivation, encouragement. You know what I'm talking about. 10 winners, $500. Bumass Thank Corbin. you. Did Diggs, uh, did you mean to match your shirt to your hat? Sometimes life just works out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the universe. That's a sweet three-button Henley shirt. Yes. Right, isn't it? I uh, got it from... Uh, Massive fan. I think I got it from... Uh, what's that store? Target. Old Navy? Target. Oh, okay. Target right? makes some nice things. Yeah, they do. All right, I'm going to do... I'm gonna, real quick, I, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but we're going to start with Ty Schmidt. Ty, why don't you go and tell us what your favorite part of the show was today, or favorite part of this week, actually. Favorite part of this week. Well, you know, it's Friday. It was a long week, but hey, camp's back. You know, here in... Hearing uh, Schulte tell us that mm-hmm. Romeo Dobbs might be the best player in the NFL already, you know, in his, what, second <laughs> day day of practice, uh, it's got me wondering why we're even going to play an NFL season this year. It sounds like the Packers have already won the Super Bowl. They're already the best team. So, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty juiced up going into next week. Okay, well, congrats to the Packers on, on Ty claiming them Super Bowl champs. I hope that does come and happen. But, Nick, what about you back there behind Ooh. the glass? Easily favorite part of this week, AJ, was the new Feel the Beat segment where we ripped <laughs> yeah, around training awesome. camp with a bunch of different beat reporters. Mark Cabali from the Berg dropping it. Dog. Uh, shout out to Sheena Quick down there in Carolina with some Dog. interesting news. Stroud. Uh, it was awesome. It was it was great. It felt like a real, real show, real informative. And, uh, oh, can't forget Tommy Curran, what a legend. Yeah, of course. <laughs> He's the man. Zeke, what about you, man? Uh, my favorite part hasn't happened yet. It's going to be tomorrow when Pat puts a beat down Hell on that yeah. bum-ass Corbin. Let go! Hell yeah! Woo! There we go. What about you, Tone? Uh, my favorite part of the week, um, you know what? Not often does everyone agree on one thing in the same exact way. And everyone on this week agreed that Kyler Murray should be watching more film. And I feel like it brought everyone together. Yes, it did. I guess we had a common goal. We all had thoughts and opinions on the addendum and what Kyler should be doing, so good for you, Diggs. Con man, what about you? I know you feel like I left you out. What do you think? What did you like about this week? I would never feel left out, AJ, because I stay out of the box, you know. But there are a lot of big things this week. It's hard not to say that, you know, football being back and the smells in the air. But I think by far and away my favorite part of this week was when you disconnected and lost your internet because I know you just wanted to go to the pool early in Ohio and you didn't actually lose your internet. But I thought that was a very, very... Very good way for you to escape doing the show. So I think that's probably one of my favorite moments of the week, especially just because you act all, oh, I was here till midnight. I, I had to fix my internet. I couldn't turn the power on. Watching you kind of throw us for a loop and run us around this little, you know, obstacle course of excuses that you put together is definitely my favorite part of the week. Creative by you. 
okay hey i i'm the one that asked the question so i have to be okay with the responses so i i understand that is your truth connor so was, i i appreciate was that your favorite part yeah, of the week? Yeah. Was your favorite i mean my favorite part easily was the vindication from dr alan sills the oh, guy that is oh, yeah. of course yeah that had to feel good did Whoops. you tell your kids like hey no more mouth guards in this house now Oh yeah, they know. They're yeah, they're gone. They don't have. They're not in the house. Oh, okay, yeah, you threw them out. No, I didn't. They're keeping them. I want to. I don't. I want to protect their teeth. Absolutely. And like for kids, the mouthpieces like they wear the big old mouthpieces that are like fashion yeah, pieces. The binkies. Yeah, yeah, the binkies. So now the only thing you have left to change with your kids is that they still plug their noses when they jump in the pool, right? I think we know. We all know the answer to that, Con. That doesn't happen, luckily. What? I thought you said that was a massive problem when you were in Charleston, is that everyone was taking dumps <laughs> on the on the sailboat and then jumping in the ocean with their nose plugged. If kids are taking dumps on little boats and holding their nose <laughs> on a consistent basis in the Hawk household, we would. I may have to miss a few more shows and make sure that I, I go coach them up a little more. Oh, yeah. Put them through the old Hawk camp like Pistol used to do with you and the Piranhas. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, so what's coming up on Monday for us? So our Next, I know at least by Monday, but I would imagine tomorrow or Sunday, some teams are putting pads on, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. pads for the f- teams that are in the Hall of Fame game and opening week this weekend, and then everyone else is next week. Yeah, Monday, so I hopefully, think Graves and Monday. Hopefully yeah. we'll have a couple uh, full, like, Donnie Book, Donnie Brook brawls that we're going to get to yep, watch and kind of yeah. talk about, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Massive brawls. Definitely got to keep an eye on Lions Camp next week. Yes. Because anything that we see will be on Hard Knocks. Right. So we'll get some behind the scenes on that. I assume that linebacker who didn't do the up-downs, like A.J. Hawkwood, is probably going to get cut next week as well. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, Dan Campbell did not see a clip of Pat calling that guy out who was not getting his chest on the ground. Oh, he did. Yeah, he saw it. MGDC sees everything, so yep. he saw it while it was. Happening. You think they do? Honestly, especially during camp, I know they have PR people that like present them usually packets of like, "Hey, this is what they'll probably ask you about today when you talk to the media." But I'm sure some coaches are very like dialed into what's going on in the world, and most coaches though have no idea outside of football. Well, isn't like. I mean, for something like that, I would assume that really sticks out when a guy's really not given like any effort whatsoever. Like that, there's no way that's kind of like getting swept and if under you, the rug. Ty, right? think about that though. If you're Dan Campbell, if you're the head coach, I don't want to cut you off, but if you're the coach and you know, okay, not only are we doing this, like everyone's not all in, and it's a public thing that this video is out there for people like us to watch and call them out. I would imagine Dan Campbell's like, hey, that's on me. I got to get that guy right. Like I can't have anybody not fully all go like all in on what we're doing so i'm sure he's probably pretty pretty pissed off yeah i'm so fucking sick of this man get this fucking guy out of here man especially if lou holtz did up downs uh i don't know if he did up downs. uh actually lee little one season was we were doing up downs and steve burline broke his wrist and was out six games and he couldn't play in the game for the jules shillelagh against usc so we never did up downs after that <laughs> <laughs> I thought good I thought Rudy and Lou Holtz kind of get up down together in his office. Well, believe it or not, uh, Eric Parsegia was the head coach. And that Dan Devine was the head coach. I never had the uh, the honor of being able to coach Daniel Rudy Rudiger, but I did look for players like him. Of course. Coach, are you guys going to join a conference? Uh, I don't know. Does someone want to pay me seventy million dollars a year? Because until they do, we ain't joining shit. We're independents. We are Notre Dame. What if Lou got legit started saying things like this? What do you mean? What do you mean? They have a better chance of slapping a, a target symbol on touchdown Jesus' forehead than they do of us joining the conference before next year. Boom. 
Is Lou still on TV? Yeah, no, I, think, do I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Dr. Still yeah, Dr. Lou, every Dr. Lou and Mark May every fucking Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's still happening. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. That didn't stop 12 years ago. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> He's a staple. I think I watched that when I was in college. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you did. It's been off the air for a while. Oh, man, Lou's still doing his thing, though, right? That's, uh, that's yeah, he's good a man. For- yeah, he's a beast. He's probably still doing speeches, I bet, to uh, different teams. He gets paid big money, man. Big companies bring Lou in. He does the old newspaper magic trick he to was, start, and then I bam, think, he has him. I think he was at an event with that Pat went to. Yeah, he told, he was a told him the Bumblebee story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did he really? I think yeah. so, yeah. Was that a college game day, or was that just a No, no, that no, was okay. just like a... I figured they might have wheeled him out for Notre Dame or something. Wheeled him. Notre Dame, Ohio State, week one this year. Here yeah. we go. You and Brady. Oh, you, you and Brady going to have a bet? Ooh, loser oh. has to wear the other's jersey Ooh. on the next show? Yes. Yeah, we'll make sure to do that. Let's for go. Sure. Loser Jeez. has to do 100 up-downs and 2,000 push-ups in 20 minutes. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see as the game gets closer. But we're winding this thing down. I uh, appreciate you guys. Honestly, everyone back there, I know, Mitt, you've been killing it. Uh, with Foxy out, we're thinking about you, Foxy. Uh, I know he's going through stuff. I know Goomp is in Canada. I have no idea exactly what the uh, how his situation is progressing with his future wife or his uh, future in America. I hope uh-huh. it happens uh, soon. But thank you, boys, for everything. Hey, great job, Good luck AJ. Got a baby. Great yep. job, AJ. Good luck, Pat. Good job, AJ. Kick Corbin. Hashtag, yeah. hashtag Bowmaster Corbin. Right. Yep. Yes. yes. For the giveaway. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back over next Monday. Pat will be here. See you.